Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to The Horror Hangout, a podcast where film fans watch the best and worst horror movies of all time and talk about them. My name is Ben Errington, and today I'm joined by regular co-host, Mr. Andy Conduit-Tenner. Hello, Ben. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How the devil are you? Yeah, I'm the devil good. Thank you. Um... I'm the devil very good, am I, said yes. Andy. I'm doing very Correct. well, thanks. A little busy week coming up. It's the season. It's the bloody silly season. Loads of travel coming up. Loads of people to visit, people to see. The silly season? Um, yeah. Is that what you call it? The silly season? That's what some people call it. People who don't embrace the joy of Christmas, but I shall. Um, but yeah, very busy at the minute. But, you know, it's talking in a about... good way, a nice way. In a lovely way. Have you put any Christmas decorations up yet? Not yet. Uh, remember, remember the 1st of December that point yeah christmas decorations see i feel like that i feel like that almost always but i don't know it seems like people are putting their decorations up earlier and earlier every year and it's kind of made me feel a bit like left out oh i'm not long to wait now just a couple of days i can't i got no patience 28th of november getting the tree up do you put the (laughs) do you put the christmas decorations up yourself do i place them in the locations (laughs) myself you gotta get us a weird place to put yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's a fantastic no, joke it's yeah. a fantastic joke that is, is all I, I love bringing it out every time of the year i love saying it to my mum, and my mum always says oh ben that doesn't even make sense and i go no it doesn't uh <laughs> have you ever heard people call it trimming up no no it's weird that one I don't know whether that is. A, no one like has a, ever said that ever. A southwest thing, but I heard. I've heard it a few times. Someone said, "Have you trimmed up yet? You trimming up soon?" And I go, "Excuse me." Is that another like manscaped, Tad? 
It might be a manscaped ad, yeah. Careful trimming up your... this year, everybody. Body hair, tr- sorting that out. You're trimming up this year. I'm trimming up every year. I like to keep, not every year, once a maybe once a week, you know? Too much information. I mean, yeah, uh, with, with the Manscaped products, which is not our sponsors today. Just look at this gold you could be having. Come on. It's great gold. People, that's got that's at least two sales there. Um, it's just I'd give, you, I'd give everyone a uh, lovely code they know you'd sent us, but we don't have a code. So the code is. is Andy's nuts with a Z on the end. Nuts. So it's a bit like Andy's nuts. <laughs> exactly. That's what. That's not what I meant at all. But so if we get a sponsorship, better. we'll ask for that code, and then this will be relevant in the past. Andy's nuts. I'll make a quick note of that. Ben's nuts, not so, not as good. Uh, so yeah, just the two of us this week, rounding out November in style. Before we jump into December, I guess in terms of horror news, why not talk about what we've potentially got coming up in December? Despite yeah. the fact not everything's hundred percent confirmed, so we don't yeah, know exactly what order this is going to arrive in. The ink's still a little wet, but we're getting there. We're getting the plans out. <clears throat> yeah, so good a time as any to talk about. December. I, I, I tell you what, I cannot believe we're almost rounding out another year of horror movies. We'll be doing our end of year lists uh, soon as well. It's, just, yeah. it's flown, it's flown Try by. Try to complete everything and before I get to that point. Got a bit to do. Yeah, me too. There's still some stuff I need to see. So uh, this first episode of December, again, subject to change. Uh, we're going to be doing Tales from the Hood with a uh, special guest, Adam from the Bristol Black Film Club. Uh, I guess we've been trying to get on the show for a while, so looking forward to that. Uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Some people say it's the best version of Dracula. Other people's, other people's, other people do not say that. Other people say Keanu Reeves has he even done an acting before? Whereas an I acting. say, very good. Whereas I say, I just love all the different variations of Dracula going on in that film. Loads of different skins. All the different, all the different haircuts that he does. Haircuts. He's a um, wolfman. And I heard you say that you like, um, you like his sexy wives, right? Did I say that? That's what you said. Yeah. Um, Did I? Yeah. I like his sexy wives. I'll tell you what I like more than his sexy wives. His lovely ridged armor. Yeah. His lovely, beautiful. It almost looks like those chocolates. What are they called? Gulian. Again. G- Gillian um, chocolates. Like Gillian. What did I say? Gulian, which is like a spooky version of Gillian, if you make ghosts <laughs> or chocolate, Again, marble, chocolate, ghosts. Another word I've never said out loud. That's that's the problem with me with Lee Wano and, and Gulian. When words just come out of my mouth, uh, I, yeah, I like his armor more than I like his wives. Actually, maybe on a maybe on a par. Maybe if you combine those two things together, they wore his lovely chocolatey armor. Yeah, it does look chocolatey, doesn't it? It looks delicious. Ever so chocolatey. Yeah. Is it like, does it make sense, that armor? I feel like it would be cumbersome to wear. don't know if you're a vampire, it might be all right. But even with the helmet, I'm like peripheral vision going on. Something we spoke about with Thanksgiving last week with the mask. like Not, not being able to see so much. No. Oh, if it's good enough, for, good enough for Dracula hundreds of years ago, it's good enough for the Thanksgiving men now. It's good enough for Gary Oldman or... In that, he's also Gary Youngman. Yeah. He's also Gary Wolfman. Immortalman. He's also Gary Monsterman. He's all of the different Muns. But yeah, get look forward to that anyway. Yeah, that should be very um, good. And we are going to cover Black Christmas. I think 
one one year, a long time ago, we talked about Christmas horror in general, I believe, and that was where we. Some of my first about... first guest appearances, I think, and we yeah, we talked about... a couple of versions of Black Christmas. However, there's a bloody another one now. There's a bloody another one. God, so, man, this is, I mean, live admin pompadour section here to copy one of my other favorite podcasts where we're talking the internal workings of the show. Yeah. Um, so you know, real life admin here, which versions are we going to do? Because we've we've never been strangers to a double feature doing an original and a remake. Yeah, so are we going to pick two of them or are you going to go balls to have the you... wall and do all three versions? Wait, how many versions are there? Three. So there's Black Christmas, uh, the and original. There's, then there's like a two Black one. Xmas, uh, yeah. where Billy is a liver disease incest man. Um, <laughs> and then there is the third one, which I oh, haven't what? seen. Like yeah, a 2017 that... one, maybe? Okay. Um, let's... Let, I mean, I don't know. Three, three might be too many, but let's just... Let's do one and lean into two more somehow, yeah. maybe. Let's see, how, let's see how we do it. Let's see how we do it. Uh, yeah, so like a main a mainline episode for Black Christmas, things about time. We did that. Um, good to do a Christmas special as well. Last year we did Silent Night, Deadly Night. Uh so yeah, and then we're going to round out the year with, we've had a couple of um, queries on Twitter about this. I haven't actually responded to them, but I should. Uh, but if you're listening now and you have asked me on Twitter, when's there going to be a quiz episode this year? I think we're going to try and do one to round out the year. Yeah, if we can get, if the if the guests are, are willing, we'll confirm exactly who uh, the team are playing against. But I've started writing the questions, everybody. It's oh wow in progress. Dude. If the if the get do you say if the opponents are willing? I hope so. I don't want if to... the depending on which opponents are willing. So depending oh, on right. who's who's in. Yeah, we're not sure exactly how it's going to work, but yeah, another quiz episode lined up. Probably one of my favorite favorite times to be involved in this podcast. I mean, I enjoy it. Enjoy it. Christmas, Ben. Couple of bottles of red wine. Absolutely <laughs> fuck up the last couple, question. Couple of bottles of red wine, Diamond Gallet, uh, and then. Yeah, fuck up the last. As long as the last question isn't a, based on one of my favourite properties, then it's fine. I'll be fine. No, no, no pressure, no, no shame mistakes. needed. I thought you. I, I still am adamant that you're trying to trick me in that moment. <laughs> maybe, maybe after two bottles of wine, I get very suspicious, especially yeah. of you. Very, very suspicious. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was Wesker okay. you all over again. Um, you whiskered me all over. And then, you know, we may as well touch into it. And of course, that's December covered. But then we will begin our first episode of the new year will be a recap oh, yeah. of 2023, where we'll cover our best, our awards, our other little mentions, any other topics we cover. Um, yeah. So actually, first warning to anyone that's listening, as we get towards the end of December and you get your own top 10 horror movies of 2023, um, down or any other honourable mentions you want to make maybe something that is not a film from this year but you saw it for the first time this year and it's really caught you up on things get them in anywhere you can find us get it in on the socials get it in on the Facebook group get it in anywhere and maybe we'll read a couple of your top 10 lists out or give some honourable mentions to anything that is on your lists but it doesn't hit ours yeah sounds good sounds good to me Uh, sounds awesome yeah, let us know and tell us some stuff if we haven't covered it this year, whether you 
you want us to yeah if you've not heard us talk about it if you if you're thinking holy shit this is going to hit these guys lists let me get it in front of them shout out anything you think we should still cover before the year ends to make sure it has the chance to find a place on our top 10 lists hell yes um okay so the next film next sorry the next piece of horror news we're going to discuss is all of the news and controversy surrounding scream 7 uh which is kind of pretty nuts you know to see this kind of unfolding in right in front of our eyes especially after uh neve campbell got dropped from uh screen it was scream 6 wasn't it yeah she she didn't well she chose not to do the film because they offered her her words, not mine, an insultingly low amount of money, right? So they didn't offer her enough the money that she thought she was worth to the franchise. Bearing in mind, yeah. she's been in five entries of it already and is probably the most recognisable character in it. Fair enough, I'd say. Yeah, and obviously, as maybe that should have been our first um, hint that the powers that be involved in the Scream franchise possibly haven't got the... Uh, the best interests of our stars of their stars sorry at heart because of course uh, melissa barrera this week was officially dropped that was this week wasn't it um so she's essentially like the the new neve campbell for this for this trilogy for mm-hmm. for six six seven and uh sorry five six and seven so very strange for them to essentially like their star for them to just completely drop her. And it was based on the fact that she put some social media posts out being vocal and supportive of um, Palestine in terms of everything that's going on over there in terms of genocide and, and of loss and loss of life and just general general sort of like bad times, obviously that's a really awful way of describing it. I apologize for that. Um, but yeah, so she's obviously come out and said, and, and given her support and the words she's used like she hasn't used any words that like a incite violence b it, it encourage any sort of um uh racism or anything like that she's kind of just been vocal about her support for for palestine and she's just lost her job like just like that and again yeah. we don't know what if anything's gone in gone on behind the scenes you know perhaps and then the director warned. came out and said that I I wasn't consulted about this. This sucks. They didn't say like just yeah. said it's awful. So we don't know what's going on with Screen Seven. Whether like uh, the script's done. I'm assuming like it's coming out next year, isn't it? So, and in uh, the same way, General Taker. This was previously reported that she had a clash with um, she had a clash with Wednesday filming. So she is also yeah. out at this point. Yeah. So I mean, that seemed to happen afterwards, didn't it? And initially, I, I think it was that... old, but it got re-reported in okay, the wake of what already happened. So I thought Jenna Ortega was like, right, okay, you're dropping Melissa Barrera. I'm no longer involved. That's how it's framed. Um, but yeah, that's obviously I not think what's the, happened. I think the clash had been announced some time ago, but basically in the wake of this, it's basically been picked up and publicized again. But also so basically like, two of their major characters are not due to be returning. I mean, it opens a lot of interesting talking points, doesn't it? It's like, should you be able to just say what you want and you know whether you I, I i don't think that i think there always should be um there should be repercussions for certain behaviors of course 100 percent. but this does not feel like one of those situations this feels like somebody just making their feelings known they're not inciting any sort of violence from one side or the other they're not being it doesn't seem problematic it doesn't seem to be um obviously 
with a lot of this stuff at the moment, some people have been accused of anti-Semitism and things. It's got none of that. So it almost just looks like, right, just because you've made a, a political standpoint when really like the fact that certain things like this have to be considered as political standpoints are kind of crazy. The fact that somebody's made a political standpoint and then lost their job for it, especially when they're like the face of this franchise, feels incredibly unfair, unjust. But also, surely the makers of Scream must realize you've now completely alienated a huge percentage of, percentage your... of your audience. Then again, I guess maybe it was a calculated risk that they made when they, you know, when, you know, were they expecting backlash from the comments you've made? Because again, this shouldn't be, as you say, Ben, a very hot political topic. It is, of course, when there is a conflict of this sense of this this thing that a lot of people feel very passionately about, and um, you know, especially when there can be a fine line between being critical of one government and feeling that you are then taking the side of the others. You know, there are bad actors on both sides of this conflict i'm in no way qualified to talk about this but obviously any loss of life is terrible especially when it is of non-combatants non-people who are invested yeah. in armies it's terrible in any sense so very rightly there are people who are afraid and are really passionate about it on both sides and i think it's very very difficult for anyone to say anything where especially in the world that we live in for other people to feel very triggered or attacked or feeling that in making one statement more and more in today's world if you make one statement about these things almost by omission and by not saying something yeah. about something else then you are maybe by some sectors felt guilty of like you are being implicit in what your take of it is so it is really difficult and maybe they have made a statement of hey this is a really firm application of policy we don't want you to say anything about anything so we'll knock this we'll knock this out maybe it is a cynical move of saying where where are we going to get the most heat from the reality is at this point yeah. is with losing these major stars of the of the film is it salvageable i'm hearing that they are taking things back to Nev Campbell probably taking a truckload of money to her house. Um, <laughs> but if, I've seen a lot of like pockets of Scream fandom who are saying like, right, we're we're done with the franchise now. Yeah. This 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 franchise was our life. This was like we we love this franchise more than anything else. I've seen like pages dedicated to these films that have now said we're completely we're not involved anymore. Um, and I, uh, you know, people's reaction to Neve Campbell being dropped was fairly similar. I know, but people kind of persevered with the franchise, I guess, because of who was involved. Um, but yeah, clearly there are some decisions being made um, by people at the top that aren't particularly right. And you know what? If the last two Scream films, five and six, were absolutely world beaters, knocked out of the park, I'd be like, they can do what they want. I wouldn't be like that. But still, <laughs> I'd understand it more. But they weren't. I don't think they were particularly great you know and and it, this is probably neither here nor there in terms of relevancy to this particular situation but i'm not thinking that, that the screen franchise is is untouchable so i think that's what i'm trying to say that being said as well as you know whatever you got from the returns i'm sure um for sometimes it's been for some people that will be diminishing returns in in this sort of rebooted era um in 
for others um this might be their absolute favorite they could have no relation to the old ones you know apart from maybe a curiosity but they could be your absolute favorites and these are the the horror films you've come up on i guess what you could say is especially if the vision for the new one whatever that may have been is massively compromised is it arguable to say no major spoilers for scream six everybody but wasn't a bad jumping off point to end it at. Yeah, I guess so. You could have you could just have them walk away as they so. did, have that the last as that the last frame. Being very it's cynical, annoying. will will production companies that exist to make money rather than arts choose to do that? Or will they try and find a way to make another one? Who knows? Mm. So the directors, obviously Radio Silence guys are, are not directing, but they're on as executive producers. And it was Christopher Landon who made Happy Death Day and Freaky, two films obviously really inspired by by Scream. Um, he was going to be directing the the slasher sequel, and I mean it's frustrating, isn't it? Because it's a franchise that I do enjoy, regardless of the fact that the last couple of films haven't entirely hit hit the mark. But yeah, it's difficult when you know that these certain things are attached, these certain ideas are attached to some of your favorite films, and you're a bit like, is it okay to still enjoy this stuff? um is boycotting it the right sort of step um yeah i mean just like... yeah i guess the reality is that everyone will have to find their find their line like especially with the amount of information and the amount we see about people's private lives and opinions and everything nowadays like do you make a decision that you're not going to support a film by a company based on what they've done do you make a choice that you won't see a film or buy the music of or you know do have you know consume anything because of the people who are making money from it or the people who are in it like i think there isn't there truly isn't a right or wrong answer to that um everyone has to decide from for themselves realistically um but I guess from a business point of view, they will find out what the impact is as and when yeah. they as and when they finish it. We'll keep an eye on this, see how it pla- see how it pans out, and of course we will uh report uh on the horror news section of this podcast every week. Not every week, but you know, when when as and news. when we're as and when there as are and when. Yeah. Uh okay. So I guess moving on from that, we've got a couple of news of other sequels. Um, one of which is The Blackening, which was a movie that I saw. I don't know if you saw it. And I didn't the, see the this. Comedy. Um, apparently it did it did all right in theaters. I thought it was just okay. I didn't absolutely love it, but the fact that it's made a decent amount of money and the budget was just five million and it kind of quadrupled that. Um, yeah, a pro- it's profitable as a horror franchise, and The Blackening Two is going to happen. Apparently, um, directed by Tim Story. I don't know if that was the director of the first film. Um, yeah, so direct, directing it again, and we're getting a, a a sequel officially in the works. I don't know if it's going to be 2024 or perhaps 2025. That would possibly make sense. Um, I thought it was a great concept. I just thought the execution, especially the final final act, possibly wasn't great, but, you know, I'd definitely watch a sequel. Nice. So, yeah, let's check that one out when it, when it arrives. And then also, apparently... Krampus 2 is officially 
happening. I think there is already a Krampus too, but I don't know if it's linked to this. I think film. Krampus is one of those things, isn't it, though? Because yeah. it's not a copyrighted thing. So anyone can yeah. anyone can stick Krampus in a title and do a Krampus-based film, but actual the sequel to the Krampus, Krampus film. The more and more you say Krampus, the more and more it just sounds like a like a mad word. I was going to say a made-up word, but of course it is. Um, so yeah, up, yeah, apparently Michael Doherty is, uh, has plans for a potential sequel with an exciting premise. Hasn't told us what it is, though. Of course it's exciting. Um, but he a pre-production has apparently already began on Trick or Treat 2. Trick or Treat 2. Um, but yeah, his plans to bring Krampus 2 to life will be after that. Um, so after he's done a Halloween film, he'll work his way through the year and do a... Do a Crimbo film. Do a Christmas film, and then, of course, maybe we'll get into talks with him to produce Boo Year's Eve. Produce Boo Year's Eve, yeah. Okay, we'll look forward to that. Um, a gr- the film will focus on a group of strangers trapped in a confined space rather than a traditional family, I see. Trapped in a confined space. How confined? How confined are we talking here? One of those baubles about- that Krampus puts you in. Oh, Jesus, yeah. That wouldn't be nice to be... Uh, the film, which took a budget of 15 million, talking a lot about budgets today, 61 million it made at the global box office. People are loving it. Oh, creepy. And I think it's one of those films that people enjoy and seems to always pop up at this time of the year, doesn't it? Yeah. Is it on any streaming services right now? You'd be mad if you didn't put it on one of them, wouldn't it? You'd be absolutely off your nut if you didn't. I know it was um, on Netflix before. By saying that out loud, it will have made it disappear from the platform, though. Sorry, everybody. Yeah. How dare you? Um, but I mean, in terms of horror, horror, Christmassy horror films as well, a movie called There's Something in the Barn, a Norwegian Finnish fantasy horror comedy film, which we are going to get a chance to see. So hopefully we'll talk about that as well before um, before the year is over. I've watched it, Ben. The good You've folks only got good to at, watched it? Oh the, my the God. The good folks over at the, is it Vertigo? Um, the good folks over at yeah. Vertigo were good enough to send us a screener. I've had a little watch of it. So I... Um, not going to say anything here. Once you've done it, we'll get on the mics and do a little bite size about it, shall we? We'll get on the mics. ACT on the mic. That's you. Yeah. Um, what I will say before, you know, we'll save the big talk for later, but it's all right, you know, you should check it out. In terms of concept, was it a bit like Rare Exports? A little bit, but less industrial and more like a little bit fish out of water because it's an American family that have moved there. Okay, so you're very it. much so... You know, you're explaining the what the what the little creatures are, and you know, you get some local people who are trying to educate them, and it's got like a nice, it's got a little bit of gremlins about it. It's got it's got mm. some more fun about it. It's not quite as dark as Rare Exports is, which is pretty bleak in some places. Um, yeah, it's 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 meant in good fun. Similar energy to um, Werewolves Within. That kind of level of a little bit of gore okay. and violence and a little bit of just tongue-in-cheek humour. Yeah. Awesome. Exciting stuff. Uh, and the last piece of horror news I've got is that there is a documentary called Terror Bites, Evolution of Horror Gaming, coming from the makers of the In Search of Darkness franchise. Um, well, it's In Search of Darkness Presents, Terror Bites, Horror Gaming, Andy. That sounds right up our street, doesn't it? Uh, and we are going to be having an interview, a special episode, a bonus episode interview with um, development producer Daniel Richardson later this week. Uh, poss- the episode will possibly arrive later this week, maybe next week. And we're going to talk about their plans for terabytes, how it's coming together, how 
listeners can get involved and horror game and fans can get involved with what film should be covered. Uh, yeah, it looks like the mainstream horror games are going to be covered as well as some uh, under the radar hidden gems and stuff like that. Any that you'd like to see covered, Andy? Um, obviously, we should be talking about Soma, one of my all-time favourites. Um, yeah. And then I would ask him or indeed anyone if they've ever played a game that can create the same level of anxiety and fear as playing the NES version of Home Alone, where you just oh. got to hide from Harry and Marv from around the house for 10 minutes. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. That is a tense game. Yeah. I mean, the Mega Drive version was pretty tense as well because you, you're on a timer. And they're just oh, sorry, that's, the... that's the one then. So it's not the one where you're platforming. You do it's, you no. basically got a single map, which is your house. That's right. You can pick up things and put down and they will just be charging around the house getting you and you can put a trap down and it will knock them over for a fixed amount of time. But you There's basically got to evade them for like, is it 10 or yeah. 15 minutes? It's not yeah, that it's like that. It's um, There's a ghost in one of the houses as well, right? Is there a ghost? Yeah. Maybe we're talking different versions. The ver- I'll find a screenshot of it. So the version I played, it's really, really limited to one set of screens, just the okay. house that you go in. You go out over the little rope to the to the um So you don't house. drive you don't drive around on a sled? No, yeah, just okay. on purely so that's, purely in the house. That's the mega drive version then. Two two tents. But in terms of actual horror games, well. obviously I expect Resident Evil will be coming up with you interviewing him, so don't need to remind you of that. But yeah, those others get straight in. Yeah, some Resi, um, Fatal Frame would be nice. Yes, uh, Project Forbid- Zero as we call it. Forbidden Siren, Project Zero of course. Dino Crisis would be nice to discuss. Obviously Silent Hill, um, Alone in the Dark. I'll text you some more. I mean, I'm, I haven't started Alan Wake 2 yet, so no one talk to me about it until I can. Oh yeah, well we can talk about Alan Wake One with them. Um, okay, there we go. That is it for horror news. I guess we should just talk about what we've been watching, if anything. Because I know it's been a pretty quiet week for me. I don't. How about you? Or have you gone crazy? Tell you crazy again. I've been, I've been, I've been hard at work. So we talked about this in the barn already. But yeah, mostly apart from a couple of TV series, I'm I'm carrying on with Monarch Legacy of Monsters. I'm three episodes into that now. It's really good. It's really really good. I want to. I'm gonna have to get. I'm gonna have to get on with that. I'm a couple of episodes into the new season of Chucky as well. Continues to be really good. Um, But most importantly, for the last week, I've been on one of my. Can I say famous at this point? I think so. Then infamous, Um, infamous, absolute series binges. Do you want to have a little guess? Have you been on my letterbox? So you know. Do you want to have a guess at what? I've not. I've not been on your letterbox. We give me a clue. Um, a series that we've done the first entry of and its remake. Um, and I've done another five or six entries in it since, uh, beginning in the 1980s. Slasher? No. How many how many versions? I've seen this week. What? One, two, three, <laughs> four, five, six. Oh, Jesus. Give it right, one more clue. Um... It's ghosty. It's like a haunted housey. Ghosty? It's spooky. It's ghosty. I don't know. Possession-y. People are getting possessed all over the place. 
don't know. What's wrong with me? I've I feel like I'm watching... on the quiz episode, for God's sake. I've been watching, Ben, since our original episode a couple of years ago now, I'd imagine. Um, I've been working my way Paul through Geist. the Amityville Horror oh, yeah, Series. Of course, you've already mentioned that. Oh, I jumped in there with Poltergeist and I Amityville so, Horror is always one that I forget there's so many sequels. And, and Amityville, I think, is a bit like Krampus, where you can have Amityville anything. If you just type in Amityville on Letterboxd, yeah. there are all sorts of unrelated <laughs> films, including Haunted Poo 2, colon, Amityville Colon. colon. Yeah. Um, but there's there's lots. But I've been that, trying to watch that, the... Is that legit? That is a real film. I don't think it's an actual member of this series. Who's involved but, in getting that made? Um I don't know from the if I haven't clicked into Haunted Poo 2, Amityville Poo, <laughs> uh, but it is a thing. Um, yeah. But I have got through Amityville 2, The Possession. Um, I realised why we prepared to watch this, because there was talk of us perhaps catching up with Dan Franklin at one point, who is in Amityville That's true, 2. yeah, that is true. Um, the Amityville 2, not Amityville Poo 2, The um, Poo. I'm not going to talk about it then, just in case we do get to have those conversations and do an episode on it in the not-too-distant future. Yeah, because obviously the star of Paradolia, and and you know what? We know we know the director and the uh, and the producer yeah. of Paradolia. So so we, we, might talk, we might talk about it at some point, but very quickly, I think the best of the series is quite good. It's really quite good. Um, any, pi- and, any pigs? Ghost pigs? Um, no pigs, but it's been heavily lifted by by the conjuring series because you know i think is it conjuring 2 that has the cold open with the amityville murders directly lifted from this film and then the court case wow. is basically because there is a court case section which is the one in the bloody devil made him do it so the bloody devil made me do it oh yeah really really heavily influencing the conjuring movies um although it was an indirect story rather than you know the full story of what's happening with the the warrens in yeah. those um yeah, really, really quite good and some really quite scary bits. But after that, it goes to Amityville 2. Uh, sorry, Amityville 3D or Amityville, I think it's Amityville Demons, it's also called, which is another nice. really interesting take because the guy who's living in the house is a skeptic, like a debunker who goes around like proving that people are faking hauntings. So from his perspective, loads of people just have unfortunate accidents in his house. Um <laughs> After that, um, I went on to, um, I must say from this point, we do get some diminishing returns. But after that, I watched Amityville, colon, The Evil Escapes, where unfortunately for the Amityville house, um, in the opening, cold open scene, absolute shit ton of priests go, right, that's it. I had enough of you, Amityville horror. Uh, I'm exercising you. And they go exercising A it. A blazing squad of priests. They do. They, the, the house is just there and you hear... <laughs> and they all they all march in and they go around doing an exorcism but jokes on them because the amityville horror sneaks itself into a lamp which after the exorcism manages to Classic. get sold at a garage sale and amityville's someone else's house um oh you'd be raging if you bought a bloody lamp and it turned out it was possessed yeah it's not bad though it's it's very silly but it's fun um then after that it was the Amityville Curse. Uh, and in the Amityville Curse, ah, that's one where it feels largely unconnected, but someone then is renovating the house and there's some horrible possessions and everything go on there. That one's uh, 
like I was really off it for a while. It was seemed really tame until the end when it gets really extreme. Um, after that, it's Amityville, 1992 at this point, and it's Amityville. It's about time. Um, and it's only nominally about time. It's mostly not about time at all um, or time travel or shenanigans that are connected to it until the very end, at which point it is. It's about time. Crash Bandicoot ripped that off as a tagline. Yeah, Crash Bandicoot stole Amityville's thing. And then the last one I watched, sadly, the the poorest one I've seen so far is Amityville, a new generation where a trendy artist uh, gets given a mirror. Uh, unfortunately, it's an Amityville mirror. Why is um, everything? Why is it haunting? Is it going? I'm not just haunting houses. I'm haunting items. Yeah, I guess because they got sick of the house, so now stuff that could have been connected from the house, be it a lamp, a clock, or a mirror. They're just haunted Amityville-related items. And then from the original Amityville run, I have one more film left to watch, and that's... I have high hopes for this one, which is the Amityville Dollhouse, but I'll report next time on how that goes. Oh, wow, yeah. But yeah, um, yeah, you know what, being... Like, obviously, I've rattled through those very quickly. I would say Amityville 2 is definitely worth a watch, and the Amityville Evil Escapes is a fun time, for sure. If you watch no no others, maybe Lovely. give those two a try. Maybe an Amityville Horror franchise ranking episode is in the. In the <laughs> that means you've us. got to put yourself through all of those. Ah, uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't have as much patience as you do, I. But you know, maybe, maybe I could, maybe. Uh, anything else this week? No, just That's it. Just an Amityville. That's it, mate. That's what bonanza. I've been doing. Going crazy on the Amityville stuff. Um, so. I mean, I've watched. I've been watching some series, but nothing really horror related. So I guess I'll just talk about a documentary I watched. I watched More Brains: A Return to the Living Dead, a documentary all about the return of the living dead, the making of. Talking with all the stars, I would say this one's probably just for super fans of the film. It only talks about the first movie, not the sequels that followed. Um, it's like two hours plus, which I feel like is slightly too long to talk about one film. And you know me, I'm about to um, say, Ben. I saw your review of this on Letterboxd, and I was like. He must be right, Paulie, because for you to say a documentary <laughs> wasn't long enough is unheard of. No, I said too long. Too long, sorry. For you, usually, I'd be like, that's oh, not long enough. But you say it's too long. It was, it was two hours. I felt like they were saying the same things a lot of the time. Also felt like an opportunity for some of the cast and crew to like air their grievances. And I don't know why, but in some places it felt a bit like unnecessary. I was like, all right. Jesus, they were like slating some of the some of the effects, and then they cut to the guy who did the effects, and he'd be explaining why the effects possibly weren't so good. I don't know. It just felt like a bit of a. Apparently, it was a really difficult shoot as well. It wasn't like um, all sunshines and rainbows, and everyone was getting on really well. I think there were some major issues, and it was like really long and and drawn out. And I think they changed a lot of things when it was happening. So, considering a film that's like well loved by a lot of people, um. I don't know if watching this documentary is the best idea if you're a huge fan of it because you're a bit like <laughs> put oh. you off because the camera and the camera was heavy and and the camera I asked was for heavy. a cheese sandwich and they gave me a tuna one. <laughs> they put cheese and tuna, which don't even go together. Yeah, it was it was a bit odd. Most of it was kind of like talking about how much they liked certain things, but other things were like oh, and then this person who didn't have a clue what they were doing did this, and then that person, did... yeah, a bit unnecessary, but still, uh worth checking out if you are a fan of that movie maybe just uh i don't know don't watch it all watch some of it go out and make a cup of tea come back in watch the rest um leave it playing 
apart from that, I haven't really seen anything else. I have moved on to a new book after finishing The Rats by James Herbert. I've now started Fright Night Origins. And you know what? It's written by Tom Holland himself, not Spider-Man. Uh, the other one. The other one. It's written by Tom Holland himself. And it's like a prequel story to the events of Fright Night. Um, uh, Jerry the Vampire just having a nice time. It's Jerry the Vampire chilling out. Well, Jerry the Vampire hasn't appeared yet. Um, it's It's an interesting one. I don't know where it's going to go yet because it seems to have characters who I'm like, well, why would they be in the prequel to Fright Night? They wouldn't. They'd just be like their normal life. <laughs> yeah. Um, before they met a vampire. So yeah, looking uh, look forward to that. I'll feedback once I've finished it. Um, it. I've had it for ages. I think I bought it like a year ago. So finally getting around to it. It's one of those which I think I was like, oh yeah, and I've got that. You sat there on the shelf all this time. Get out there. Get it out. Uh, but yeah, that's it. That's it for me. Apart from, of course. Apart from the film of the week, which I thought I'd watched recently. I checked on the old letterbox. I watched it in 2020, right in the middle of lockdown. I was like, oh, you know what? This lockdown's really pissing me off. Do you know what I want to watch? A film about a killer. Well, not really a killer ventriloquist dummy. He's just like the... It, Billy, he's just he's innocent in all of this, essentially. Um, a killer ventriloquist ghost. That's it, really, isn't it? <laughs> a killer ventriloquist is level enough, but then to also make them a ghost, the big wambar tongue. And if you Ooh. shout, oh, Ben... Yeah. Actually, shouting's okay. There is, As we learned from this film, there is a fine line oh. between what is a shout and what is a scream. Shouting? Yeah, all right. Scream, Screaming. though? Absolutely not. Have your tongue out. Tut, tut, tut. Okay, so the movie we're talking about, if you didn't get it already from pressing play on this episode, is Dead Silence, which is a 2007 American supernatural horror film directed by James Wan, written by Lee Wanell slash Wanell, depending on how you like to pronounce that name. I know where I stand on it. Uh, the film stars Ryan Quanton, um, and also Amber Valletta, Donnie Wahlberg, and Bob Gunton. Um, after his wife meets a grisly end, Jamie Ashen returns to his hometown of Raven's Fair to find answers. His investigation leads into the ghost of a ventriloquist named Mary Shaw, who seems to have ties to his entire family tree. That's a synopsis. That's a lot of information. That's giving away a lot of stuff. Ghost of a ventriloquist. <laughs> his wife dies. His wife dies. Ties to his entire family tree. That's not a synopsis. That's a almost spoiler. Um, okay, what are we looking at? It's got 6.1 on IMDb. Rotten Tomatoes, 21% critic score, 51% audience score. 2.7 on Letterboxd. And here are some choice reviews. Ryan Preston says, Now who's the dummy? Apparently me for watching this pile of shit. One and a half stars. Wow, I like that one. Schooled himself there as well. Schooled himself. Uh, Cinema Joe says, This is why you don't heckle performers. Three stars. Uh, Emma Skiro Gurney, great name. I'll fight anyone that thinks this is better than the puppet show episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. One and a half stars. Fight them. And Jared Gilman says, this feels like an R-rated episode of Goosebumps, and for that, I enjoy it. Great ending as well. Three and a half stars. Uh, yeah, so obviously I've said I've seen this before. You've seen this before as well? I have. Probably not a dissimilar time. I think I was living in Derby, so that would have made it somewhere between 2017 and 20 i must have watched this so it's been a few years long old time between drinks 
Yeah. And had you seen it before that or was that your first time? No, that was probably the first time, I think. I I didn't. It wasn't a cinema. cinema I didn't see this at the cinema, no. Even though it has Home and Away's Ryan Quanton in it. Home and Away's, what's his name? Ryan Quanton. He was Vinny in Home and Away. Oh, yeah. yeah. Is this Um, his first, like, Hollywood I think he's Lead. done a little bit in in Hollywood. Um, I'm not sure if this is the first one. Let's let's dive into the cast. Him and his <laughs> him and his wife, sixpence none the richer. It's not that she just looks like her. Um, <laughs> Jamie yeah. Ashen. So he's also in. Oh, he's in Glorious. Of course he is. Oh, you know the one where he is um, in that toilet cubicle. Oh um, yeah, with, of course. Um, with the that's voice right. of that elder god. Yeah, that's. Yeah. That's Ryan Quanton. Obviously, that's a little while, while between then. So, um, other than but, that, you can also find Ryan Quanton not only as a long-standing character Vinny in Home and Away, he was also in um, Legend of the Guardians, Hurricane Heist, Flight Seven Thousand Five Hundred, Mystery Road, Kill Chain. Um, are you are you like kid, his manager or something? Because you're really hyping up Mr. Heineken. Leave um, Mr. Heineken alone! True story, Mr. Heineken and the kidnapping. Is it? Um, Supercon? They have cosplayed for the last time a ragtag group of former TV stars and comic book artists who make their living working at conventions decide to steal loot from a crooked promoter, an overbearing former TV icon. Um, yeah, it looks like he's done a lot of like streaming and, um, and maybe TV movies or straight-to-DVD movies. In terms of by popularity, Dead Silence would be his big one. Oh, yeah, definitely. Donnie Wahlberg, obviously, he is in Saw movies as well, isn't he? Two, three, four. Detective Eric Matthews. Listen to this. This this is Donnie Wahlberg playing detectives from Saw 2. He then was in Annapolis playing Commander Burton. Commander, not really a detective. Saw 2, Detective Eric Matthews. Kings of South Beach, Detective Andy. Dead Silence, Detective Jim Detective Linton. Andy, like a Saw friendly four. policeman who comes to the school. <laughs> Detective Eric Matthews, Righteous Kill, Detective Teddy Riley, What Doesn't Kill You, Detective Moran. He has been typecast to an inch of his life. As a detective. As a detective. And I guarantee you, and I'm not throwing Donnie Wahlberg under the bus, but I guarantee you, all those characters are bloody same. All right? Slightly angry detective who doesn't play things by the book. Sometimes he'll be using an electric shaver. Sometimes he'd be planting <laughs> oh, evidence. Yeah. Sometimes he'd be having his son kidnapped by Jigsaw. Oh, is that what he does? In number two, in Saw 2, yeah. And he's like, oh. bloody Jigsaw, give me my kid back. And he actually, Jigsaw told the truth. He said, if he didn't do anything, he's stuck in this safe the whole time, he'd be fine. But he doesn't listen, does he? And then he gets trapped. Stop mucking about Jigsaw. Oh, he really did. Um, this is obviously like, this film feels like the greatest hits of Wan... And Wanel, Wan and Wanel, Wan and Wanel. The old duo. W boys. Um, and it feels like there's a lot of. I know this is what well, we're three films into a Saw franchise before this. Um, before this film exists, but you can still see that shared DNA across it, and it has a lot of. Um, I made a couple of notes here of what it had the. It's the a very sure it blue. Cinema, the, the the sort of like color gradient is incredibly blue, isn't it? Especially like the opening scene. The opening scene, I'm like, this ain't real life. This is like um, an underwater dream sequence or something. This isn't 
is no, nothing looks like this. Nothing's bathed in perpetual blue moonlight. And it feels like the film kind of looks mostly the same as that as well. Um, that was what I had. I had a lot of, I'm not sure if it's the the appearance of Mary Shaw or the way that timings work and the way that ghosts appear, but a lot of the nun about it, right? A lot of the conjuring and the, and the nun. Loads of the nun. And also that theme song, the soundtrack... I mean, I wouldn't consider myself a huge, uh, uh, hugely familiar with Dead Silence, despite the fact I've seen it before. That's something else, isn't it? That's that theme song. I'm like, I I feel like I know every note of it. I can't be from Dead Silence. Maybe it's the know. season, Ben, because my first note on this film was that it was quite Christmassy. <laughs> All right, okay. Quite a Christmassy little song at the beginning. This is ever so festive. This this uh, story of a of a bloody ghost ventriloquist dummy. I mean, obviously, yeah, you're leaning into things like. Uh, slappy from Goosebumps. Um, uh, you can't really say Chucky, despite the fact it's a doll, because Billy, they could have called it something else. They could have called the doll anything else. The fact is, the little Billy is kind of just a, uh, um, it's not like, doesn't get up and start killing people. No, he's a ventriloquist dummy, which I, I guess the ghost might be in him, because the ghost can go, well, I mean, spoilers, the, the ghost can go into the puppets. There are spoilers throughout for Dead Silence, but honestly... Apart from the twist as such, and even that to a degree. I did wonder we... though, Ben. Sorry Go to on. dive in at you. Was Billy the puppet from Saw? When did he get his name? I don't know. Because he was in it from the first one, but I wonder, like any saw heads here can tell us when he first I'm gets Billy. named on screen. Yeah, that's true. Maybe they went. Yeah, but even then, like I feel like if you're making a separate film, this because it's not like a shared universe movie, this is it. It's not like uh this exists in the same universe like the Conjuring stuff does. Can you imagine if Jigsaw had been like, oh, you heard about this in this like countryside little town? Actual ghosts there. Actual ghosts, that's interesting. Isn't it? Anyway, on to the next planning of traps for the next 10 years, including after <laughs> I'm dead. Um, Recording tapes constantly. <sighs> yeah. I wasn't massively favourable on this film initially. I'll even I'll tell you what my review was. What did you say back then? Three years what ago. A I choice said, review from Ben Errington. A couple of decent scares, but I found the story to be way too basic bitch for me. Who's, who's this guy in 2020? Who's he, why is he talking this way? A truly ready sort of crisps, brown toast with no butter horror movie. I mean, Well, I mean, I've got to pull you up on that, Ben. Are you saying <laughs> that ready salted crisps are the same as brown no. toast with no butter? Three years ago, me is talking absolute rubbish there, I would say. And I'm fine to change my opinion and learn. Ready salted crisps and I like vanilla ice Good. cream. Yeah. Everyone has them because they're very nice. They're popular. Maybe they're like the crisps. Remember you could get the little salt and shake crisp with the little salt? Yeah. But if, you've, if you've lost your packet. If you lost that and you just have plain potato crisps with no ready, with no salt on them, then this was uh, the equivalent. This was one of those films that even the first time, I think my watch was kind of the same as this time. I find it really hard to pay to fully, fully pay attention. Um, I don't know why. It just felt like, and I'm not the biggest fan of the Saw franchise, you know, and I'm not the biggest fan. James, James Wan, I think, is a good filmmaker, and I like some of the films he's made in the Conjuring universe. But I think once you've seen a lot of them, and I've not even seen the Annabelle films, so God knows what's coming up. But once you've seen one of them, two of them, maybe, I kind of get a bit bored when I'm watching another one. Yeah. James Wan has obviously been very upset <laughs> by dolls in his time because now you've mentioned Annabelle. 
Now, obviously, it is based on a real-life spooky doll, but that is a soft dolly. Um, Annabelle in the films, very Billy the Ventriloquist dummy energy about it. Got a shiny face. What's he playing at, though, right? So Billy from Saul, Billy from Dead Silence, Annabelle from Annabelle. Uh, he, He wrote the story for Megan as well. So from a three again, James One, are you all right? Is something going on with maybe dollies? Just, maybe he grew up really not liking dollies or uncanny right. things. I've got a new idea for a film. Okay, it's about a doll. No, stop there. Stop. To be fair, maybe that was it. it. Someone like you, Ben, has stepped in, and that's why he invented <laughs> little way backwards boy. In um, the boy's not Malignant. involved in all. The boy's not involved with all this, right? The boy, no, the boy is someone else, right? That would be and one step. That'd be one step too far, I would say. That is that is, that is unique, though, Ben, because as we all know from Brahms two, two Brahms, two Furious, the boy two, um, <laughs> that is not a ghost in there. It is a little scabby baby with a demon inside. Once you've broken the boy, no, yeah, the boy one man in a jumper, but then he becomes a ghost. Oh, we're spoiling everything here, aren't we? We're spoiling all of the films that have ever existed. Um, about I, dollies. About dollies. I kind of like, I don't mind a killer doll thing. I think Chucky has kind of hit the nail on the head in terms of this wisecracking, uber-violent um, little dude who's got lots of layers to his characters, lots of interesting things going on. Of course, he's possessed by a by a, a man, a dead man, a dead man. But I kind of like the, the whole dolly little eyes moving like everything goes black and it appears somewhere else. I mean, I don't know. For me, I don't know if it's effective in terms of how things scare me. Like, I mean, the doll in Poltergeist, the the clown doll, which I think gets not ripped off, but a very similar moment in this film, uh, is iconic, of course. And yes, very, very scary. But yeah, I don't know. This feels a bit nuts. Didn't quite, know. didn't quite hit you in the same way. Is it so? Is the would you say then that the clown dolly in that is that is that your all timer for scary dollies? Yeah, I think so because I saw that quite young and and it was I think it was scary enough, wasn't it? Um, and it wasn't all about that, you know. That film there were lots of different scary things. It wasn't just sometimes there's a big worm, isn't there? Sometimes there's a big worm. Sometimes there's a tree. Sometimes go go out the TV. Um. But yeah, Dead Silence is... I think Dead Silence as a concept could work, I think, as a twist. It's pretty good. Um, As a well-fleshed-out story, yes. I just think the characters, the, the sort of beats of the story are a bit not great. I don't know. I don't know. What do you think? Sorry. Um, Yeah, you know what? Like, I mean, we'll, we'll talk plot and we'll talk overall effectiveness when we get to the end, because maybe your opinion will change over time. But Watching it back now, knowing the twist that we get to at the end, oh, I yeah, do yeah. like that all the clues are there um, as yeah, we go through. I think I might have gelled with it more if it was just one thing. I think I would have taken that there was a live living um, ventriloquist that was really good at making people into ventriloquist dummies and there was like a human yeah. plot behind it. Um, the ghost thing is okay, but like it felt like a weird, yeah, angle to take because it at sometimes. She's and... kind of sc- she's kind of scary enough without being all undead and stuff, isn't yeah. she? There's um, there's there there there, but there I think there are 
some things to enjoy in it. And I did like looking back, knowing what the filmmakers have gone on to make and what their filmmaking has evolved into. Um, Seeing some of the things that we, that we, that we get out of this one. I was most frustrated if you're talking of frustration though, with just the police handling of evidence, you know, me, Ben, I hate it when people are not good at their jobs and the very fact that, you know, Donnie Wahlberg's there going, I thought I told you not to leave town. And it's like, well, I've come to bury my wife. The police must have released her body to, yeah. Yeah. to be buried. That he didn't just pinch it from the police station. He's like, what are you doing? Stealing this evidence. I didn't steal it from the police locker. Like, <laughs> yeah. like you have, cl- like, bearing in mind, like, after his wife is murdered, they appear to talk to him for 20 minutes and go, oh, fuck off, then go home. And they've just like, just go back to your house. And it's like, take what you want, I guess. We don't care. There's no proof. <laughs> None of us collected any evidence. Donnie Wahlberg, you crazy guy. Bad at his job, too busy trying to have a con. Like, if it looks like I've got a five o'clock shadow, I need to pretend to be shaving yeah, this all the I time. I don't like that. I don't like that. Constantly shaving. Unless you're that guy in Predator, constantly sh- dry shaving with a little bit blue. Putting a bit really hard. <laughs> I like that. That no, press so hard, Dylan. He's, he's nails this guy. Ain't got time to bleed. Um, is that the same guy? Yeah. No, a different one. Different guy. Ah. Um, ah. So yeah, where do we where do we begin with this one? We see. So it's uh, the opening scene, isn't it? It's uh, Jamie Ashen and his wife Lisa having a bit of banter. In, while he's doing um, some plumbing in their leaky old apartment. In the most blue looking world ever this is like i'd I'd walk into that situation and go get some lights on get some warmth in this room but it looks like i'm in you've got you've got you've got ice white bulbs in a in all the sockets i'm freezing just watching this film i'm going oh bloody hell chilly um Um, and it's also like you know romantic first apartment you know it's all a bit it's all a bit mess not depressing because landlords are shit it's it's all very sweet, and they're sorting out this lovely house that they live in. I can't keep calling his wife sixpence none the richer. Um, <laughs> her name is Amanda Valletta, uh, Valletta. You may know her from films such as Transporter Two and uh, Gamer and uh, Hitch. Wait, what's um, her name? Amanda Valletta plays Ella Ashen. Isn't Amanda Valletta? Oh the, no, that's the, right. The step, of course, the step she, That's that's the stepmom. It's Lisa, Laura, Laura. It's Le- Laura. Laura Reagan, who you might know from Unbreakable, uh, Hollow Man Two, Eye. and Ho- yeah, Hollow Man Two, Hollow Man Two. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So yeah. So she is there, and they're going. Oh, I thought you said you was going to nip out and get us a lovely Chinese takeaway. Um, and he goes, "All right, I'll stop doing the plumbing and go and get it then." Um, this is the this is the days before Uber Eats, where the delivery does exist, but. Yeah. <laughs> so we're like, oh, I don't like phoning. I don't like phoning. Come on. Just... <laughs> oh, I don't like phoning. What you got to do is you got to recite what you're going to say before they pick up. But then they pick up and they ask you something you weren't expecting. So then your trail of fault is completely gone. So and then I'll in the end, go in and get it. Go in and get could it. I, could, 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 could I have chips and curry sauce, please? And they go, you absolute loser. Yeah. Yes, you can. Um, um, so they, she sends him off to get Chinese. But just before he goes, get a little knock at the door and they get a mysterious parcel with horrible dolly in it. <laughs> what a lovely gift. 
Also, at the start of this film, when it gave you the origins of the of the word ventriloquist, did you know that? I didn't know that. I was too distracted as well with the design notes that the person over the credits is making, where it's like perfect doll. What brilliant notes to make something. I do that every time I'm doing a project to work. I'm like perfect, perfect slides. The really perfect good design. presentation. <laughs> Are you any good at doing ventriloquism? Um, no, but do you want to have a go here? It would be no good for anyone on an audio format, but if you're doing, if you're doing uh, on the video version, you can give it a go. Ben, you can go first. Um, oh, thanks. What I, I would say? like you to say the phrase. Um, <laughs> Some with loads of peas in it. Bob's Burgers is a pretty good show. I don't know I don't this ag- to be true. I've never seen it. I don't agree with that. I don't see. I don't, I don't like it. Um, how about let's describe the word ventral? <laughs> Where why did Bob's Burgers come from? So I wanted B's and P's. They're harder to oh, do. Okay, okay. Ventriloquism or ventriloquy is a performance act of stagecraft in which a person creates the illusion that this is too long that a voice is coming from elsewhere. I'm not doing the ventriloquism yet. Usually for a puppet known as a dummy, you dummy. But what was the thing? It said that ventriloquism venter means belly. And Loki, Loki means speak. So it's like speaking from the belly. Okay. I guess it's like a diaphragm thing. So the thing you can just test to test your ventriloquism is just say, I'm speaking from the belly, but without moving your mouth. Ready, go. I'm speaking from the belly. <laughs> I can see your lips moving. I'm speaking from the belly. It's hard That's to do good. a B, isn't it? It's, it's hard to do a B. I'm you've got to do that little belly. uncomfortable smile, haven't you? Stuart? Like, I'm speaking, I'm speaking from, from the belly. The belly. I'm shaking from the valley. Oh, I'm shaking from the valley. Oh, you're shaking from the valley. I don't like it. You went all evil. You went all evil, <laughs> Mary Shaw. I'm shaking from the belly. I can see your lips moving, you stupid bitch. <laughs> <laughs> little fire. Like also, like this was in the olden days. I imagine a little boy saying that in the olden days, shouting at an adult on the stage. Oh, there would have been someone would have like pulled you out of there by the ear. Yeah. Do you have a favourite ventriloquist's dummy, or 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 toy or something? Um, in 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 British light entertainment. Um, I like the one that used to be on. Uh, when I was growing up, sometimes there'll be a program when there'd be like a little bit of a host, and then they would show um several little cartoons. Not a Rolf Harris one, thank goodness, but. The dummy was called Sir Charles. Oh. And yeah, g- give him a quick googs, mate. Sir Charles. Sir Charles dummy. dummy. Oh, that. Oh, yeah, that's a creepy one. That is. He's like, horrible, isn't he? Like, but I like him. He's yeah. funny. Ray Allen. I, I was thinking more like Br- British light entertainment, like 80s and 90s. Orville the Duck. I was going to say, you, want, you, you love an Orville. Emu. There was a fantastic documentary. <laughs> he doesn't count as a venture. He didn't talk. No, that's true. That's true. He doesn't. But there's a there's a great documentary from like I reckon like the eighties, um, and I've only ever seen clips of it. I've never actually seen the whole thing about a man who like has an emu, and it's not the guy who has emu. What's his name? Rod Hull. Yeah, <laughs> it's not him. It's just a fan of him, and he is made having an emu on his arm, part of his personality. Like, he's got no personality. Like, he's a very, very beige, boring man. And he's gone, you know what? I love Rod Hull and Emu. I'm going to make this Emu, having an Emu, part of my personality. 
And let's be honest, most people who have like a little ventriloquist dummy like that use it as an excuse to like assault people. <laughs> Usually in the 1980s to like feel up women. Feel up women or just like back, whack a kid on the back of the head. I want me, it was, it want me, it was the dolly. It was the dolly. <laughs> it was the emu. I feel like there was also someone who wasn't Rod Hull and Emu, someone who had like an ostrich, like Bernie something. Well, <laughs> well, I mean... Welcome to the eight to the to the British puppet hangout podcast <laughs> where To be fair though, Orville's pretty cute, right? Yeah. Yeah, Orville's it pretty cute. Wasn't menacing, uh wasn't wasn't terrifying. Uh Keith Harris, wasn't it? Who did who did That's Orville it. Duck? Rest in it's peace, kind of... obviously. Yeah, it is kind of a weird looking thing, but it's not menacing at all. I don't feel it's got a little hang on a minute. <laughs> it's got a nappy on. Oh yeah, that's that's weird about him. What <laughs> why has it got a nappy on? Why has it got a nappy on? Because he's a baby, I think. <laughs> I think it's because he's meant to be like a baby. It is that that is a weird thing. You and I managed go... to pull the other one, the ostrich that the man with the ostrich that wasn't Rod Hull and Emu is Bernie Clifton. He had an ostrich, but that was a double puppet because he had the legs as well. So it was like he was riding around on it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's like, <laughs> it, stri- it strikes me as, and no disrespect to ventriloquists, comedians who kind of haven't really aren't that great and they kind of need a little bit of a prop and they need a bit of a gimmick to kind of um it uh, never fly. thought you'd go after never thought you'd go after nina conti like this so, nina conti that's i find that quite creepy with the little mouth on the when she puts the mouth on people yeah is that it yeah it turns them into ventriloquist dummies very scary yeah, that it freaks me out a little bit she's bloody mary um, shore in them she's mary Sh- I'm looking at a picture of Rod and Emu. Sorry, I'm over the duck here, right? He's got a nappy on. The nappy pin is is massive. The nappy pin is at least 100 times the size of a normal nappy pin. Is that the very fact there's a nappy pin? I don't reckon I haven't had a baby, so the modern babies have nappy pins. No, exactly. So not only is Orville the duck, who's been around since the 60s, 70s, 80s, I don't know, <laughs> age and over the duck, <laughs> the past. He's been around for years. He should be out of nappies by now. Not only that, he's in an old school cloth nappy with a nappy pin, which is dangerous for a little baby. What if it comes if it comes unstuck and stabs the baby? That's why you have safety pins, I guess. They shouldn't do that. That's true. That is true. Um, yeah, those are my favourites. My favourite one is the horrible, scary dummy, Sir Charles. What's your? What's your? What was your favourite? Orville. I I don't know if I go as far to say. I have a favourite, Orville, because he's not menacing. He's got big old chubby cheeks. And really, now I'm looking at more pictures of him, he's got a mullet. He's got like a, a, a sort of feathered mullet going on. Um, It's just a, it's a weird, weird world. I think us growing up, we kind of were used to seeing it. But as an outsider looking in, I'm looking at it now going, this is a mad shit. It's <laughs> a mad shit, especially when Orville is like in a pantomime. And he's got the same costume on as Keith Harris. Oh, yeah. Even the little boater hats on and stuff. They have the same outfit. This um, is great. Any, any overseas listeners, um, I yeah, imagine sorry. at very least sorry. the English-speaking world, this must be quite common, right? You must have 
the ventriloquist from your country, please send them in. I want to know who your creepy um, ventriloquist was growing up with a yeah. now, in hindsight, quite scary dolly. I'm especially interested if you're from a country where you're listening to us in a second language, mm. what your... Uh, if that's a thing that happens in your country to people who to people whose first language is English, do they do ventriloquist dummies, or is it a you know, is it purely a British seaside thing? <laughs> oh, it sounds like it. Um, very strange. Anyway, but apart from that, this ventriloquist dummy called Billy is just your classic looking um dummy in a little suit. Uh looks like Slappy, I guess you would say. And I think because of Slappy this look is kind of universally known as a scary one. Yeah. It? It's got scary, unblinking eyes. They have a little mess with him and he opens his mouth like, does a big open <laughs> mouth. Yeah. Um, and they go, so right, so um, Vinny nips off to get the Chinese takeaway. Yeah. Um, oh, don't forget the chicken balls, please. Not again. Um don't order prawn crackers from the beginning because if you have a big enough order, they'll definitely throw some of them they'll in. They'll throw them in, yeah. And it's a most go... game actually ordering prawn crackers. Don't do it to yourself. No. <laughs> um, don't do it, you mugs. Don't do it to yourself. So don't don't even worry about it. Um, so he goes off to get that and then his wife stays in and displays an orgy of evidence that they're going to start trying for a baby, a.k.a. Sticks a, sticks a jumper up atop to have a wonder what it might look like. wonder what it looked like if I had a... And a it's baby. a right laugh, that is. Stick a bloody jumper at your top. It's a right laugh. You know exactly what it's like to have a baby. It's a but unfortunately, uh, while she's in the middle of doing that, first some things go on, like the jukebox goes on, and then the kettle goes on, and she nips back into the room, and the, the dummy is sitting up under the covers. Um, and then it throws her across the room and snaps her jaw off. It's pretty mad. It like does throw her across the room, like it sort of wraps her up in a sheet. Does it do that? And then yeah, it wraps the sheet the around the head, thumps her across the room, and then yeah, gets. Her. I'm guessing in hindsight she must shout or scream because at some point when they first see the dolly, because they're both from a small town out of the way, and then like with anything, sometimes you'll see a thing which will instantly remind you of a childhood poem. And she says to her, says to, to Vinny from Home and Away, do you remember that? This dolly doesn't have to remind me of um, this poem, this creepy poem I had grown up. It goes a little something like this. Let's see if I can recall it. It's, uh, beware the glare of Mary Shaw. She had no children, only dolls. Doesn't rhyme. Um, <laughs> and if you see her in your dreams, for fuck's sake, mate, don't you scream. Don't scream if you see this lady in your dreams. It's a bit like, you remember that? that There's that man who apparently appears in everyone's dream. He's got like a monobrow and uh, like a sort of bit of an egg egghead. This guy. It was like... A... I feel like you're making this up, Ben. I've never heard such preposterous talk. you never heard about the man who appears in everyone's dreams? What monobrow egghead that you just yeah. invented? There was like a, there was like a weird story about this man it's literally, it's literally called this man the face that everybody dreams about um and it was published in 2008 and apparently a person who appeared in many people's dreams since 2006 but has never been identified in the real world he was the main focus of a website called ever dreamt of this man 
and he's got a monobrow and uh, like a comb over. Anyway. <laughs> we'll have to <laughs> Google that later. There's no time Just right Google now. Google this man. Anyway, that's what it was kind of a bit like. If you do know him, do get in touch. If you do know him, do get in touch, this fella. Uh, it's kind of like one of his urban legends, you know, collective consciousness things. Um, I think we've seen some stuff. Maybe there was an X-Files episode a bit similar to that. Whatever references about this. The monobrow came over, man. It's like Rab C. Nesbitt. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, Mary Shaw's like, how do you feel about him, them rhyming Mary Shaw with dolls? Strong negative, then. <laughs> I think I've made my feelings on woman. that expressly clear. There was an old woman called Mary Shaw. She had no kids, only dolls. Dolls. <laughs> only dolls. Also, so. her name is made up. Just give her a name that rhymes with dolls. Yeah. Like, Mary call her. Shaw. There was Shaw. a woman called Mary. Shoals. Shoals, yeah. Also, why are we automatically pointing fingers at this lady and saying she's got no kids? What's it matter? It's, uh, you know, that has been that classic making a woman the other just because she's failed to fill the uh misogynistic uh 2023 of, of having of having buddy kids yeah. think of her as that, lesser, you have no you? kids you're less you have no kids only dolls okay i bet you treat the dolls like real people don't you um i never gone off oh, also it's kind, it's kind of worse that they're not saying oh beware of mary shaw she didn't have any kids because she fucking hated them thought they were shit it was she had no kids but it's got dolls that probably indicate she's probably a little bit sad that she doesn't have any kids. Yeah, this is this is sad, isn't it? Because I feel like, again, another tangent, but, you know, like the real life, um, the living dolls, I think they're called. Nothing to do with... Who sings that song? Cliff Richard? Yeah, nothing to do with it. <laughs> but, like, the babies that kind of look very, very real, but are yeah. dolls. I've seen a lot... I've seen, like, there's, like, TV shows about people who have them. And people who, like, have them kind of get mocked a little bit. And I mean, it's a bit sad, isn't it? Like, because some people might do it if they can't have a baby and they kind of want to... They want to sort of take care of something. Yeah, I'm I'm putting it out there, Ben. The people in this little town that we're going to learn about shortly Twice. and the family from the new John Lewis advert with the, with the piranha plant and... The family from the John Lewis advert in the previous year, where they exiled that dragon for only following his nature, they all deserve exactly what happens to them. They all Why deserve are... the things that happen because they're bad sorts. Why are all these Christmas adverts talking about exiling people who are different? Yeah, what's that? Exile someone who's slightly different, shall you? Like, oh, we bought this piranha plant and we brought it just because it makes your house a little bit messy. Chuck it out no in the one, garden. No wonder people who shop at John Lewis probably have very outdated views. Sorry if you shop at John Lewis and you don't have outdated views. Uh, just tell but, them next year just do a plant where if you have like a dragon or a piranha plant just include it in the Christmas right away don't exclude it until your kid makes you feel bad for it everybody don't your do more that. progressive child goes oh maybe we shouldn't throw this person out in the cold because they're slightly different out of order isn't it uh, it is a bit okay but Lisa Lisa, for, for coming up with this stupid she didn't come up with it but for reciting this stupid thing it's not because of this but as well as she gets killed. It looks like her tongue's been cut off. It's tongue's a classic. Been, the tongue's been ripped straight out. And then it's a classic like death face from obviously probably popular, made popular by the ring um, where like you're sort of like aghast and your face is all twisted and, and mad. I don't know. Something like this one doesn't look very good though, does it? Because it's not, it doesn't look like a practical effect. It looks very, I mean, we've got to talk about the effects on this as well, but the CGI sort of face stuff. 
yeah is all is all a bit snapchat filter she does look a little bit snapchat filter she's got a bit of a chalky face and her jaw's been broken yeah um and a tongue a tongue was gone and when Vinny gets back from the um from the Chinese takeaway tragedy upon tragedies uh, well, they've set it they've set it up to, to have a laugh of him covered up covered up the yeah. body of the sheet a lot of these a lot of bad ghosty characters also seem quite intent on pseudo framing someone for murder unnecessarily so he Very gets back from the Chinese yeah. takeaway I mean that's about to get wasted um because he gets oh, back yeah. home and he hears his wife come in calling him saying oh, oh meet us in the bedroom will you and he goes Bedroom. Can't wait for one of them chicken balls. Oh, he's gone. He's gone. But they left the kettle on, trying to burn the house down. Um, and she I'd goes, leave. I'd leave the kettle on. Oh wait, it's America. It's on the hob. Yeah, it's on the hob. Yeah, just, yeah. Real, real life horrors of not having the voltage to be able to carry um to boil a kettle. Um, but um, she goes. Oh, didn't even put the plates in to warm. Bloody hell. Um. Oh, girl. Is wait. Is that legit? Does he say that? No, <laughs> oh, I was going to say, what kind of world are you? Li- what kind of world you live in? It is that what you do? Put your plates into warm? No, but it's something I've been criticised for not doing in the past. I see, I see. I've never done that, so perhaps I'm also worthy of criticism. I've had takeaways before of my folks, and it's been like, oh, we put the plates into warm. Just the food's here now. The plate's been warm, <laughs> offsetting. The, the... Eating your Chinese and going, yuck! Off of a cold plate, disgusting. <laughs> I know some people who are proper aficionados when they're making a cup of tea. Karen's granddad used to this. He used to warm the cups before he put it in. Oh it's wow. It's a, a nice touch, isn't it? It sounds like a lovely touch, yeah. Warm the cups, put a little bit of hot water in from the kettle. Oh. Just when you're getting it while you're brewing the teapot. Oh. That's a man who's made many a cup of tea and he knows yeah. what works. Yeah, he's got um, he's a real expert. But um that isn't what he says. He goes in and sees she's had her tongue ripped off. And then we get yeah. a wonderful Double, I love this little bit of time transition. Arguably a little bit cheesy, Ben, but I quite liked it how it basically, he saw his wife and we see the reflection of his wife in his eye. And then we zoom out and you see him outside the house going, oh, bloody hell. (laughs) And then it does another iris out from his eye of him sitting down at the police station where he meets Donnie Wahlberg. Dizzying. But, you know, I think it's all right. Uh, very music video, but still. Um, he, he meets Donnie Wahlberg. Donnie Wahlberg's off his head. Well, he's not off his head. He's just very... Obviously, he's immediately pretty much cut and dry gone. You did it. You bloody did it, mate. That's right. I've seen enough husbands. Never seen a killer dolly kill someone. But husbands... But he's like jaded by working as a detective. Seen so many husbands who've off their wives and blamed it on a killer dolly. Yeah, walks in and basically goes, uh, killer says what? <laughs> be like, Thank you, pardon. Oh, shit. That's Usually it. works. That, that will stand up in a court of law. Done and dusted. Best paperwork for me. <laughs> Another case closed. Um, but no, he doesn't do that. He goes in and he does say like... Um, Ryan Quanton is saying, oh, but it was the dolly. Oh, this happened. It was very strange. He goes... Mystery tour departments down the all, mate. This is the murder department. And I was like, <laughs> are you implying that actually is a mystery tour department in your police station? There is. Don't worry about it. There is. Um, and it's weird that kind of um, Jamie tells him about the rhyme as well, doesn't he? Yeah. 
Don't it's, you remember this rhyme? Where the gaze of Mary Shaw, she had no... They say this a lot. They're trying to get this to stay. They had Mary Shaw. She had no uh, kids, only... Only dolls. Uh, <laughs> dolls. She had no kids, only dolls. Um, a deceased ventriloquist from his hometown, Ravens Fair. Pretty good sounding hometown, right? I'm, yeah. ba- I'm I'm off back to Ravens Fair. I'm getting out of Ravens Fair. I've had enough of it. Um, but yeah, what? When does he decide? So Jim Jim Lipton is the detective. Lack there's lack of evidence, so we're going to release you. And then. What does he do? Does he see see the mysterious Billy box with the message? Yeah, he goes back um, to his house where the police have not taken any evidence. They've basically just hoovered up around where his wife was murdered and they just start to go back to your house then, I guess. Yeah. Um, so he goes in and he looks at the mysterious Billy box and it says, what's the note say now? Um... Come home. Yeah, something like that. Oh, it just, it just shows It just shows who it is. It's like the... Yeah. Famous Mary Shaw. Yeah. Um, and for what reason does Jamie go, right, that's it, I'm going back to my hometown? I think to he's saying that because they're both from the hometown, so he takes his wife back to be buried That's right. in yeah. her spooky hometown. In a spooky hometown called Raven's Fair, and that is where he goes to meet his family, his estranged family. The town's all old and run down, looks like shit as well. Um, since it's best people left, Jamie and and Lisa, no one cares anymore. Um, but yeah, he goes to meet his estranged wheelchair-bound father, Edward, and he's like, "What are you doing in a wheelchair, mate?" And his wife, Ella, well, he meets his new wife, wife, who's ever so nice. She's like, "Oh." Sorry about your wife being having a tongue ripped out. Uh, ever so sad to hear it. Thanks for coming over, though. Um, do you want to meet your dad? Uh, he goes, oh, my dad's a real piece of shit. I don't even want to hang out. And he goes, no, no. He's really nice these days. He doesn't fight with anyone. So he's like, he's chill out. these days because he had a stroke. Sorry we didn't tell you he had a stroke. Um, we just didn't think it was relevant. To, he said to he never anything. answered his calls and his dad... There's one thing that didn't the stroke didn't change. You will never leave a voicemail or simply text what's happened. <laughs> can you uh can you just text me the details? Can you email it to me? Send a letter. Bit old school, I know, but do that. Nah, nah, didn't answer the phone. I can't be asked telling you. That's um, fair. I suppose saying someone's had a stroke, that is maybe that is the kind of message you want to pass over personally. But if they're missing his calls, um, <laughs> and he's on a big um breathing apparatus when he gets in, so stepmom goes and stands behind him. And he says, yeah, Jamie, I don't argue with anyone uh, anymore so much. Um, I know oh his, his mouth moves. Um, his mouth moves. Yeah, don't, that... don't ruin it. Don't ruin it. We're going to spoil it, but don't ruin the... Don't ruin it. Yeah, he goes, oh, um, yeah, um, sorry. Uh, I've been a bit a bit uh, funny. I, I'd get up, but I've had a stroke, so I'm sitting here in this wheelchair. Yeah. Um, it's, he's quite yeah, nice to him, his dad is, but isn't very helpful because, oh, yeah, you should go and bury it. Do you want us to make any arrangements for you? We could probably sort it all out. He goes, nah, I'll do it myself. I'll do it all myself. I don't need help from you. Uh, and he has the help. There's local mortician, Henry Walker. Um, and it says here, Henry's senile wife. Bit, bit harsh. Marion. Um, and she... Marion's the only sane one here. No, what's going on? Marion's the only one with her bloody head screwed on round here. Um, and she urges him to bury Billy as well, right? Yeah, so chuck that dolly in the ground, why don't you? Get that dolly in the ground. I'm sick of the sight of it. Um, and obviously, um, Jamie does so. 
Jamie does so? It says here, Jamie does so. Does he do that? He, he buries him in a bit, but he comes back, doesn't he, and gives him a jump scare by the window. That's right. That's right. He buries um, him, and then he comes back, and I think he's just sat by the window, and there's obviously a bit... I don't really know what's happening here, but where like the room's filling with red light and then going dark, and then red light and going dark. We know that some sort of jump scare is going to happen. I think that's it. I think a lot of the jump scares in this film are pretty heavily telegraphed. So... And I, I yeah, don't, so this I, is I, don't, where... I don't know what to expect really, but it wasn't hugely effective. So we have the we have the funeral. Um, we have um, the burying of Billy, and then he's back in the hotel room. Um, Jamie goes to bed that evening, and we see sort of the spectre of Mary Shaw in his room. Um, yeah, he, she's sort of behind a flowing neck curtain, and then he sits up with a gasp when he's gone, but then you haven't had enough scares in your life. Who does turn up? Donnie Wahlberg going, Oi! Oi! I, take, we... Taking this evidence, this spooky dolly that I ignored and didn't take when it was when I was investigating this murder scene. I'm pissed off that you've taken it. I'm fuming. Uh, and I've followed you here. Uh, I told you not to leave town. He's like, I've got to bury my wife. You will bury her in the town. I tell you to bury her. Not a moment too soon. Um, Not so, a moment yeah. too soon. And, and I think, yeah, so basically he finds his actions suspicious, doesn't he? But still, there's not enough evidence. Well, there wouldn't be enough evidence, but there's no evidence to sort of... To actually to, arrest him or do Actually anything. arrest him, um, which, you know, yeah, he should listen, shouldn't he? Is this when Henry, the, um, the mortician basically gives us Mary Shaw's backstory as well. Yeah, because he examined the body um, of Jamie's yeah. wife and he was a bit surprised by it. And we never see why, but he's taken his thing. But then when he goes to visit him, Henry Walker explains that it must be about the ventriloquist who lost her voice. And I think jokes on Jamie here because this isn't resolved in this flashback how the ventriloquist lost her voice. No. But but he does let the story conclude. So we go back in time to learn that this tiny village where almost no one lives was the once upon a time the site of a world class performance venue. Uh, yeah, a world class performance venue um, where you would get people doing a lovely ventriloquist act. Britain's Got Talent style. Yeah, uh, Britain's Queen Got Talent. Style. And when he was Queen a little boy, to watch this. Yeah, so it was, well, a young boy named Michael. Oh no, sorry. So it was when when he was a little boy. It's young Henry. Watching, young Henry was watching it. Um, he was watching the act of Mary Shaw with her with Billy, and obviously there was a bit where Mary Shaw goes, "Whoa, where's the doll? He's under your chair, right there." And he goes, "Right over here. Could you bring him up?" They're on, on the stage? chair, right there, right there. Uh, <laughs> and then she starts take... doing her ventriloquist act. Yeah, yeah. Just a nice little gentle banter, you know, like going. Oh, bloody hell, that... Oh, I'm sorry, I did... Sorry, his voice does move, so it's like, oh, bloody hell, the, uh, the, uh, that, that box ever so dusty, and then just while she's doing a little bit of lukewarm banter, there is uh, a little voice goes like, I can see your lips moving, bloody dickhead! Um, a little boy named Michael, he rudely claims Michael. he can see her lips moving during one of the performances, um, and does that Mary Shaw fuming about it. absolutely fuming. and then you know what she does shame him because then she does brilliant bit of work as ventriloquist where oh yeah she basically manages to talk over herself so she's not like oh billy give it a rest mate leave it out 
And he's like, he no, fuck him, fuck him, fuck him. Get him. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to fuck him up. And publicly humiliating the kid would be bad enough. But no, Mary Shaw's not finished because Michael, Michael later then disappears. And this is where... What? Why was there a jump from that to the family blaming it on Mary and then going... Well, that's later. We don't see it now. It just basically no. goes... In this particular flashback, it just goes... Yeah. Oh, and um, actually, um, she died. She like that happened. She embarrassed that kid, uh, and then actually, sometime later, she died in a fire. Uh, <laughs> it just literally like it goes back to the man in his kitchen saying, "How did yeah, she so- die then? Did she die um, at ease, surrounded by family, and loved ones in her home? Did she die of an illness? Fire." Fire, yeah. burnt to a cinder. <laughs> yeah, absolutely burnt to a crisp. And um, despite that, though, um, she did say it was in her will that she'd be buried with her dolls and she actually wanted to be made into a doll. Her dolls. Herself. I mean, and, do you know what? Um, as you know we all what? know, Ben, <laughs> apparently wills are legally binding. Wills Whenever are legally you write binding. Novel, they have to do it. What's this? So it says... You want to be buried with your dolls. I mean, we can probably do that. How many are there? Hundreds, <laughs> and they're not. And they're not little dolls either. They're massive ventriloquist dummy dolls. You want to be buried with all of them? Have you got a plot of land big enough? That's first. I want to know. <laughs> no, no, just regular wait a minute. graveyard, please. There's one more thing here on the thing, and also, I would like to be turned into a doll as well. And they've just gone. Well, that seems perfectly fine oh. and fair. It was. We'll it is a. It is a last will and testament. So, by all How means, would you even go about doing that? Would you just go to the person, the person in the person in the funeral home, who's like there on work experience or something? Um, listen, we got a task for you. It was a bit of a weird one, but that body there. Um, I know we usually just tell you to move bodies from A to B. Can you turn that doll? Can you turn that body into a dolly, please? <laughs> How would I do that? You're going to have to improvise. You're going to have to get on with it pretty quick, though, because we are going to have to bury her alongside a <laughs> hundred dolls. Uh, each who has an individual gravestone, I might add. Wait, um, is that true? Yeah, because like in the plot of land, it shows like there's like loads of graves that have just got a first name on them. So I'd assume I that mean, means the puppets. I mean, Mary Shaw, I can't imagine her being totally loaded because she was a ventriloquist act uh, who... She wasn't spending money on feeding and clothing kids, though, because she had no children. I'm not sure if you recall that bit, only dolls. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. And that's what happens, right? That is the equivalent of when people now say, what's that, you bloody millennials, Gen Z, all that lot? Stop spending money on Netflix and other things. And then with before you know it, you'll have 100 million quid. You have so much money you can afford a plot of land for each of your ventriloquist dummies to be buried. Hundred dolls. That's a lot as well. It's a very specific number as well. Like, did she have a hundred and then she bought a hundred and one and she went, I'll get rid of the oldest one I've got actually. So I've yeah. got always got a hundred. It's maxed out a hundred. She had no children, only dolls. This is just a mad story. This is like Henry. I'd be like, Henry, what's the point of this story? I feel like you're giving me no information that I can re- that I can actually use. You're just telling me a horrible story about some boy. And then some boy went missing. Anyway, so. Yeah, that boy went missing, actually. And then, by the way, just to conclude the story, <laughs> my dad was the mortician. And when he'd been tasked to turn her into a dolly, 
I did go down and have a peep and oh yeah, foolishly stood on the like side of the table and it collapsed on me and she fell out and oh. um and horror, I got huh? proper scared but still did eventually grow up to be the mortician anyway. Yeah, it didn't it didn't stop me wanting to become a mortician. If anything, it it made that drive even more. So um I mean here on Wikipedia we've kind of got the rest of the flashback. So what happens next in the actual legit story? In the actual film, I believe that um Benny from Home and Away goes and has a look at the um he goes and has a look at the burned out old theater. Oh yeah. What the hell? What yeah, it's like a little boat over there. At? It's like a little Resident it's Evil house. It is like a Resident Evil. What's he doing with his time? I mean, I know he's he's grieving, but what's he doing? Like, I don't believe at any point that he believes enough in this story to go and do in doing his investigation. Do you know what I mean? And also there's no like true like well, I suppose the goal is to try and clear his name. But yeah. still clearing your name by saying turns out it wasn't Donnie can't prove all. it anyway so it doesn't matter Vinny goes along to the spooky house he has to take like a across a misty lake with like a box lantern across there and everything it's proper like mystery uh, time he goes there and he goes yeah. to the old fire damaged um, theatre that burned down and in there of course he finds um a completely unfire damaged book which talks about making the perfect doll. <laughs> the perfect the perfect book of of um it's a bit like that room at the end of in Resident Evil Village where you walk in and it's just all of the plot nicely summed up. All the clues. So now making clues. the perfect doll and then like some more dollies fall down and you realise there's something going on. Um is around about the same time as this when um the the morticians getting killed as well so this happens in like um some kind of August. he does he has an escape oh that's he goes back and finds the mortician dead a little bit later first things first though yeah. he has to go back and follow up on the story because he sees some more things about the perfect doll and he sees uh some more dollies fall down to the floor give him a little jump scare so he thinks right I've got to go back and see my dad again. So he does pop back to see his dad. He's enjoying some lovely soup at the time. Is that his stepmom's there feeding his dad some soup? Good. Oh, mm, lovely Sorry, soup. I do me, say a lovely bit of soup. It's delicious. Um, it's like, oh, mm, no, no. Chop, popping it right up. And then he goes, oh, talks about it. And this is where, Ben, we get the other bit of the flashback where, yeah. Um, this one goes, well, now I think of it, Henry didn't mention House of the Venture of the lost a voice. He goes, oh, let me uh, let me fill that in for you. So basically, after um, your great uncle Michael uh, went missing, is the little boy who was ever so rude at the performance. Oh, um, yeah. So he, so he was related, wasn't he? He was great uncle. Did he really know that until... No, I don't think he did. He was like, what? <laughs> you what? Um, I slated him in when when the flashback was happening. I proper slated him. I said, "What a little bastard!" Now, I hope someone killed him and cut his tongue out and turned him into a dolly. Wouldn't right. have said that now if I knew he was my uncle. No. Um, but what happened was, is uh, the dad goes, oh, "Of course, we, the family, knew that the only person we thought it could be was uh, Mary Shaw, Mary Shaw, because she had no children, only dolls. So <laughs> um, we thought." What's Would a good do. punishment from her for her? Mad. Well, do something to make her scream. 
chop a tongue yeah. out, teach her a lesson, um, and then burn her up in the fire. They lynched her. Yeah, lynched her. Said something to make her scream. Said, We're going to lynch you. Ah! Got you. <laughs> got your bloody oh. tongue. Yes, yeah, as soon as you scream, she's going to pinch your tongue out. So they chopped her tongue off. Um, and then um, uh, burned her up. So they killed her in a fire and the dad basically says, yeah, and um, unfortunately what we did there was create a very vengeful ghost who now is getting yeah. its way amongst it with everybody. A vengeful ghost who seems to show its true form to people. They scream, then she cuts their tongues out, essentially. Cuts their tongues uh, out, and she's been we, getting a... the husbands, the wives, and the kids of these families for generations. She's the, been getting... Ashen, the Ashen family, of course, main character Jamie is part of. We, we also see a bit where Henry sees, because he sees Shaw as a doll, but he doesn't scream, he goes... He was spared thanks to his silence, his dead yeah. silence, uh, because Mary only kills those who scream when exposed to her true appearance. I mean, this is just one of those sort of backstories slash because in a way it's like, oh, it's kind of tragic because she got because she, she got murdered. She got burned. She got lynched and she got. But she did kill that little boy, even if he was a little bastard. So yeah, it's not know. like one. Of, he was pretty it's like, rude. It's not like one of those tragic, you know, when there's like a tragic ghost who's like, OK, they're clearly like a malevolent spirit because they've been um, uh, treated badly when they were alive and then murdered in the name of, in the name of something. Usually, these kind of stories are like, "Oh, but she didn't actually kill him. The boy was found. I don't know. He turned he turned up a couple of weeks later. He'd been living in a cave. He's been fine this whole time. Oh no, we've bloody murdered Mary Shaw. That's usually how the story goes. But with this, it's like, oh yeah, she did kill him. So she is a wrong one." Yeah, just like, yeah, um, and we find out exactly the murder that she did later on. But right now, we know that the ghosts have in revenge. What they've done is created a vengeful spirit. Um, and you're right. There's some things going on with the mortician right now. But Donnie Wahlberg turns up at the house and yeah. says, "Oh, sorry, Ben. They've realised that this is when the mortician gets got because his wife has a habit of going under the crawl space under the house. Classic yeah. crawl space horrors." Classic um, old lady crawl space horrors. This is pre the visit, isn't it? Yeah, it is pre the visit. Um, despite the fact he clearly mentioned this, I thought I told you to put a lock on it, mate. Put a lock on. Yeah, come on. She she ain't picking locks. Um, but you know he thinks his wife's in there again, and he goes and he sees the true form of Mary Shore, and she's got a big horrible, like a venom tongue. Yeah, like a big old meaty venom tongue, and again, very C- very CGI. Of course, people you can't really you can't get real tongues that long anyway. But no, still. you can't. Not try as you might, you just can't do it. Um. So and as he does see her under there, he, she gives him a bit of a fright, and he goes ah. And as soon as he's changed from shouting to screaming, she goes ah, got your tongue. And then she basically she says like, oh, I can do your voice now. So I, I think got your her power is. As soon as she is tight, as she's killed you, she's made you do a break your not dead silence. Yeah. Um, and she she kills you, pulls your tongue out, um, and then she can impersonate you. That's the power that she's gained. She's like she Rory Bremner, you. all the celebrities he must have killed and taken their tongues out. She's like a ventriloquist, and now she's just doing impressions. All right. Yeah. So she's just like she's desperate to make it in light entertainment. 
So knowing that this happens, so Donnie Wahlberg turns up and he's um, quizzing um, Vinny some more. Um, just as he receive, they receive a call at the house, the stepmom passes over from the mortician saying, oh, I've got proof that it wasn't you actually. Come to this abandoned, um, come to this abandoned theatre that you were just at a few minutes ago. Oh yeah, and I'll, tell you, and I'll tell you all about it. Perfect. I'm on my way. Uh, and Donnie uh, Wahlberg is sick of it. Like he goes, "Oh, you ain't going." And um, he runs off. He goes, "Don't make me chase you." But then he, he just fucking. He says, "Don't make me chase you." This is my car. I ain't even got a full tank of gas. <laughs> yeah, so angry that like he's like, you "Well, I'm gonna have to that, fill you? this up on the way. I'm gonna be here ten minutes after you." Can you come pick me up from here? I've literally, I'm running on fumes here. I'm running just on together, fumes. lads. Just go together. Car share. They don't work to, Yeah, they're not really thinking sustainably, are they? But they don't share. Donnie Wahlberg, the detective, arrives at the haunted theatre a few minutes after. Yeah. Um, and is but they eventually do catch up. He gets his essentials out of the boot. He gets torch, shotgun. Um It's a great if this is a survival horror game, and there's even a bit later which feels like a first person shooter moment. Where, yeah. where where certain dolls start coming to life is like shoot that one, shoot that one. Yeah, they gotta do it. So they get they get there. Um, in a little scuffle between them, they pull down a curtain, and there's absolutely walls of dollies. Yeah, because earlier we saw that the dolls have been dug up as well, right? Yes. Yeah, they've all been um, dug up. She needs a full walls set. and walls of dollies. Um, and but one of them looks very like a like a body, doesn't it? Yeah, you know who it is. It's old Mickey. Rude little Michael. Rude little Michael, who, like, he's a bit rude, but, you know, maybe he didn't deserve to be turned into a a human marionette doll uh, and just displayed. So it seems like Mary's ghost is, like, was killing... Was it all kids? Mary, alive, was killing that kid for being rude. yeah. Killed that kid for being rude. Um, and then he's got, then she's got him set on a lap when he's a little bit less fucked up than he is now, because I guess he's aged a bit. But um, the little boy is dead, and she's got him on the lap, going, "Oh, hello, you, Bobby? Hello." I mean, yeah, it's just a bit mad. If if we're trying to think of Mary Shaw as a tragic character, I mean, you can't believe it, especially by the fact that it gets revealed why she killed Lisa at the start, and it was because. Come closer and I'll tell you. Remember that? With the, when yeah, because like a... they they find they do this little flashback and then she they find a scary clown dolly, a bit like Poltergeist, just sat in a chair. It's like she's literally gone as if my dolls aren't scary enough. I'm gonna whip up a whip up a little clown dolly as well, just to add to this. Yeah, so she's made a scary clown dolly and she goes, "Oh, come come closer and I'll tell you." Because I'll oh, basically you're the you're the last one. Yeah, you're the last one of the Ashen family. I'm killing your bloodline, and the reason I killed Lisa, your wife, was because she was pregnant with your child. So now I'm killing any potential newborn member of the Ashen family. Why is she preemptively killing? <laughs> I'm going to kill the Ash, the old Ashen bloodline, even if they're a fetus. Yeah, um, and and also, if she can, if she doesn't need to kill people there in the town, she can kill them from anywhere. Why didn't she kill him in New York? Why didn't she wait for him to get back with a Chinese takeaway and get him then? Yeah, I was just killing. I was just killing him to mess with him, to ruin his Chinese. Because to be fair, we all have we all have a Chinese takeaway, and there's nothing worse than when it's ruined by something happening. 
You know what I mean? All your Chinese takeaways just arrived. Oh, no, there's an emergency. Oh, the emergency can wait. Yeah, even the plates up. It won't stay warm. <laughs> we can we can eat uh, when, when we get back, stick it in the microwave. It ain't the same. Ain't the same, is it, Andy? No, it's not. Nowhere near the same. Some um, foods can be recovered. Pizza, absolutely safe. Curry, not bad. Chinese, hard to reheat. Yeah. Shouldn't really reheat rice. No. It's got enough... Uh, What's it called? G. What's it called? MSG. MSG. It's got enough MSG and it'd be fine. Just a flavor um, enhancer. That won't, that won't help with reheating. <laughs> no, it won't. It's just a flavor enhancer. Everyone hates the sound of it, though. MSG. What the hell's that? Don't worry. It's just posh salt. Uh, right. Okay. <laughs> so what happens now? So that happens. And I think a fire, they start a fire to try and destroy the dolls. Yeah. Because she realizes, because, oh, she's going into the dolls, shoot them. And then obviously, even oh, yeah, th- Donnie Wahlberg's this- shooting prowess isn't going to be able to get all those hundreds of dolls. There's a bit where it's, they go, she's living in the dolls. And it's a, living in the ventriloquist doll. She's living in the dolls. Living in the... <laughs> There's a proper bit like that. And this is the first person shooter moment when the various... Your face starts coming out of various ones and he's like shooting different ones. I mean, this looked a bit shit, didn't it? Yeah, this is where the, the effects get a little bit wonky. And also, this is where we get to the, the difference in shouting and screaming because these two are <laughs> hollering at each other, going, Shoot the dolls! Shoot the dolls! That's a <laughs> yeah, shout, yeah. though. It's not a scream. But then as we run out, I would argue, if I was the the ghost realm lawyer at this point, I would argue that Donnie Wahlberg deserves to be got here because he screams yeah. because she collapses the gangways walking on and he's falling into oblivion. So if he's falling, is that yeah. a scream? He's already dead. Do you know what I mean? Like that is dead already, right? Why does he need to be got as well? Yeah. So That's he's falling down and he, he shouts a little bit too loud. So it passes over to a scream. And the second he does it, because it's like the second you scream, she can basically pop your tongue out of your head. Like it's like insta kill. That sets off the QTE that helps her get you. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, the QTE, she gets you. He's been tonged. <laughs> yeah, tongue. he gets he, he gets his tongue slapped right off and he falls down into oblivion. Um Jamie's, then as they Jamie's continue escapes. to go on, yeah, Jamie starts falling as well, and he does begin to shout, but he quickly covers his hand over his mouth. <laughs> you gotta then, cover your mouth to stop it, right? Because he smashes through the floor and then just goes into some water, swims along, and then I just couldn't catch this. When he gets out of the water. He thinks of something several times. He's like, he has a memory of Billy number 93 or something like that. His little case being empty. And he goes something like, is it last one? Or he realizes that the Billy doll is not there. Something like that. Yeah. Something like that. Um, So what does he, how does he get older? Billy, because he throws Billy into the fireplace a bit later. Yeah. so So he basically goes to, um, Goes to the mortuary, goes, where's Billy? Because oh, Billy, um, your dad took him. My dad doesn't get out of a wheelchair. Oh, yeah, that's old it. woman. Oh, yeah, old senile woman. I know your husband's dead, but where's the dolly? That's what I care about. <laughs> so he leaves important. that woman without any proper care, goes back to the house, and then he finds Billy the dolly, and then he just sits and waits. 
genius yeah. plan if you ask me. He sits and waits until Mary Shaw comes up. And well, she's Mary like, Shaw ah. can fa- Mary Shaw can fast travel, surely, right? Yeah, anywhere with this dolly, she can fast travel. To. Surely she can. Mary surely. Mary surely she can. She had no um, kids, only any any dolls. Um, so Mary Shaw appears uh, in the room where um, where Jamie's sitting and encroaches upon him to try and spook him enough into doing a jump scare shout so she can pull his tongue out and he waits ever so patiently and then when she's really close he grabs Billy by the feet and he's like get in the fire get in the fire throws Billy in the fireplace and then and then what happens she just vanishes yeah she just vanishes and he's going ah success that is that sorted everything's all good and then he has a sudden realisation hang on a minute did it say that you were the last, the last of your kind? What about my... What about my pup? What about my right. dad? And he pops over he's to see chilling. him. And he's just there, sort of slumped over in a wheelchair. And he finally goes round the back of him, sees that he's been halved. <laughs> he's been hollowed out. Um, and he's got a big, horrible, gaping wound in his back where there's like a... St- sort of stick which I guess is supposed to like be his operation as a ventriloquist dummy. To move his head. Okay. He's a human ventriloquist doll perfectly preserved. Yeah. Um, and he it, has a little it, flashback to the diary and goes the perfect doll. Perfect dolly. The perfect dolly. Um, and then we then we get what's essentially like the soul music. Where all the blanks are filled in and this twist you never saw coming. Here's us explaining it. And you're going to be shocked. Scream. Don't scream. Just shout terrified. I'm bemused by what's happened. So um, even when he was at, even when he's having a bit of soup, it was just dropping into a little bowl at the bottom. Yeah. The stepmom was basically Mary Shaw, despite the fact she could appear as horrible, scary ghost all the time can also appear as, Sexy Human. stepmom. Sexy stepmom. What is Mary Shaw's problem? Because it seems like sometimes she just wants to kill fetuses. Other times she just wants to kill anyone and everyone. But for some reason with other people, she'll make a make them into a dolly. That massive vendetta is what she's got. Um because yeah. she was trying to wipe out that bloodline and all those things. And then Not only basically... am I gonna kill you, I'm gonna turn you into a bloody dolly. Um, a really re- realistic dolly. The so that was her that was her plan. She obviously had lured him back there so she could do the trick with the with the dad dummy as well. Um don't know why she dad went through it. She could have just killed him in New York, that would have been fine. But um basically Ella's been, he... Ella's been doing his voice as well. So Ella, possessed by Mary Shaw, has been doing the voice, doing the ventriloquist. Oh, oh she's yeah, possessed. You... I assumed it was just her. No, no, she's possessed. Possessed by Mary. That's right, isn't it? Because I think so. No, I just, I, I, I just, I, I never would... picked up that she would have been a real woman. I just what, thought, oh, okay, her. she's, she just is her. Yeah, I, I mean, I possessed. don't know. Maybe... Possessed because, because the ghost of Mary Shaw comes out of Ella and goes into Jamie at the end. There you go. Yeah. So you Ella, go. completely it... normal stepmom. But they could have easily linked it to Ella by going, Ella is like Mary Shaw's living relative. Um. But then again, she had. Oh, no then she had no children, only dolls. <laughs> she had no children, only dolls. 
Um, so yeah, Ella's been doing the voice, and you, and when you watch it back and you know the twist, you do see a very slight little going on, which of course, when you're watching it, you wouldn't really be paying attention to you. <laughs> some unless you're that Michael mic. kid. Oh, I can see your bloody lips. <laughs> I can see your bloody lips moving. You bloody loser! But she's better at ventriloquist thing. Better than Mary, better than Mary Shaw. I bet Mary Shaw is raging. She is Mary Shaw. <laughs> Mary Shaw's just got better in death. Um, so yeah, basically when this all happens, Jamie screams, realizing everything. When Ella comes up to him, and then the ghost of Mary Shaw goes out of his of Ella directly into into Jamie as he screams. So that's um, a different coded entry then, because I I assumed that Mary Shaw was just masquerading as a young normal woman. Rather than having possessed someone, are you masquerading then, as a young normal woman? Yeah, yeah. And then I just thought when he did the scream at the end, she was right. I said dead. Yeah, I mean that's but how if... I, that's how I got it, and that's how it seems to explain it here. If that's not correct, and you are a dead silent super fan, please let us know if you've got it. I mean, wrong. yeah, I guess I could go either way. So either he is possessed, and now he's a Mary Shaw, yeah. or that was the trick, and now she's killed him. And if that's the case. Everything's wrapped up nice and neatly because if that's the end of the bloodline, she can pass on to the next life now. She can pass on to the next life, which is going to be in hell. Uh, (laughs) Relax. (laughs) For killing all those kids. I'm done now. It's fine. You you killed a lot of kids and turned them into dolls, though. Straight to hell for an eternity of (laughs) of pain and suffering. Ah, it's it's a it's a price I'm willing to I'm willing to pay. Yeah, it was Um, really vindictive little ghosts. So now, essentially, Jamie is also a puppet. He recites the nursery rhyme about Shaw looking for a photo album while you see all the other human puppets, Lisa, Henry, Lipton, Edward, Ella, and Jamie, all all turned into bloody puppets. All of them have got like the little slits down the side of their mouth. But for yeah. some reason, the dad ain't got that. They've just gone, that dad. That's because that's he's the perfect doll. You should put that's the extra right. effort into him. I'd be like, I want them all to match. He's got to have that as well. And then Mary's old hand closes the book, finally completing her revenge and ending the Ashen bloodline, which kind of begs the question, like, why? I think a Dead Silent sequel is, has been discussed a lot, and I think a lot of fans of the movie sort of discuss it. It's all done and dusted. It's all wrapped up. Yeah. you got no, you got nothing to do. Yeah, she's... Um, she's finished her business. She can, she can move on. She can get on and retire. Yeah. Um. There we go, and that's that's the end. That's the end of Dead Silence. Can you believe it? Um. Have you got any name game? This is hard because you know what? Not like words. Words rhyme with silence today. You got to really stretch. I've got a couple for you. Have you got a um? Do you have a synopsis for me? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> a young widower returns to his hometown to search for answers based on it about his wife's death. That is a better one than the actual synopsis on the IMDb because that just spoils it all. Okay. Here's what I've got for you then. So a young widower returns to his hometown to discuss uh, and to investigate the um, the um, abuse that has been taking place perpetrated upon baked goods. I mean, it's the first one I wrote down as well. So clearly we're on the same wavelength. It is bread violence. Bread violence, yes. Okay. That's probably the only one that makes sense that I've got. <laughs> um, what have you got then? Bloody hell, this is, this is bad. 
um, a young widower returned to his hometown to search for answers based on his wife's death. The only clue that he's got to go by when he's trying to find the perpetrator is <laughs> the tights that she wore on the night they were betrothed. <laughs> Wed Nylons. <laughs> yes, that's correct. Wed Nylons. <laughs> Nylons. Nylons, very good. Nylons. Is, is that um, very good? I don't think it is. This is what I've got for you then. You can decide if yours is good or not based on this. Okay. Um, detective uh, Donnie Wahlberg um, speaks to the coroner um, asks for their conclusion after a young woman has been slain by a knight in a jousting contest. He says, what's the verdict? And the coroner says, she is what happens when you get slain by a knight in a jousting contest? Stabbed by a what's it called? Oh, she's passed away. Done. No, it's called a what's it called? Dead. Yeah. I can't think of what that thing's called. Has she been killed? How's she been killed? Yeah. Spiked. Under what method has she been rendered dead? She's been jousted. Yeah, unfortunately. I can't think then. of what that thing's called. What's that thing called? <laughs> she is dead via Lance. Ah, oh, that's what I couldn't think of. That's a good one, actually. Via Lance is very good. Dead very via good. Lance. And I, I absolutely apologize for this one. I couldn't think. If I could just think of Lance, I'd have had that. I couldn't think of what it's called. I was like, long stabber. <laughs> the long stabber, look out. <laughs> Not the long stabber, it's coming for you. Okay. So uh a young widower returns to his hometown, search for answers based uh to his wife's death, and it leads him to a school where he finds the lead singer of Limp Biscuit has been kept behind yet again. And then our, our main character sighs and calls yeah. calls the lead singer of Limp Biscuit something that would be very rude and uh, relate to the fact that he's not very intelligent, especially school-wise. He might wear one of those little hats with a D on it. He sighs. That's one of the... So it's Fred. Yep. Sigh. I'll give you that. <laughs> Fred. Sigh. A dunce. <laughs> Correct. Fred. Dunce. Fred, Fred. Sigh dunce. Fred Sciatons. Um, I have one more for you. So a young widower um moves back to his hometown, not to in not to um investigate his wife's death, but because he's ever so afraid of and wants to avoid uh, a British actor who appears in a lot of historical things, but also was the voice and CGI model for the BFG, wants to avoid him. Ever so scared of him. The voice and CGI model for the BFG. Yeah. Oh. David Attenborough. <laughs> no, David Attenborough. No. No. Well, no, wait, what? The voice and CGI model for the BFG. Looks <laughs> like Prince Charles, King Charles, David Attenborough. Who am I thinking of? I'll give you a clue. <laughs> His last name rhymes with 
with silence. <laughs> His last name rhymes with silence. I mean, I'm struggling to think of the word for a, for a lance, so I don't think I'm going to get this. Give me a clue of who he is. Uh, he's in lots of like, like period dramas, like Wolf Hall and things like that as well. But he's also in Dunkirk. He's the old man who drives. He's the fishing boat captain in one of those sections of the story. Oh wait, directed Thor as well. <laughs> it's not Kenneth Branagh. Ah, oh, for God's sake! Oh wait, who's the old man in Dunkirk? I can't remember. I'm gone. So he's he's running away because he's afraid. So this is a situation of dread violence. Oh, Mark, Mark Rylance. Rylance. Oh, see, to be fair, that is a... That is a I was thinking of someone really mainstream for some reason. I don't know where David Attenborough <laughs> came from because he's not even an actor. I was like, <laughs> what was he based on? And then for some reason I thought, yeah, David Attenborough. That's all right. Man. Unfortunately... Under normal Mark circumstances, then I would accept Mark Rylance as a deep Mark cut. Mark Rylance, I, I would easily have that as a deep cut. Easy, bloody Ready Player One. You could have given me that. Yeah, I would accept Mark Rylance as a deep cut if during this episode we hadn't discussed Bernie Clifton. <laughs> <laughs> Was he really the vo- the voice and thing in the BFG? Yeah, I've never seen it. I didn't know that. And I neither have said... I. I'm deep it when I was looking Wait, for rhymes. We've seen. We've seen Mark Rylance in uh, Bones and All. Could have done that. There you go, you no, see. Mugged me clean off. Okay, <laughs> last one. Last one from me. Um, a young widower returns to his hometown of Springfield to search for answers based on, uh, answers to his wife's death. And when he visits a certain Homer Simpson, he realizes that, <laughs> that his usually upbeat Christian neighbor is completely quiet. Uh, Ned silence. Ned silence. Correct. <laughs> I don't know how else I could have framed it, but uh, that was easier than what dread rylance. Dread, dread rylance, and of course, dead violence. When you first said dread dread rylance, I thought you said Rylan. <laughs> I was like, the VFG was modelled on former X Factor contestant and light entertainment TV show host Rylan. Rylan Clark. Rylan Clark. Well, well, no. well. Rylance. I mean, we got to rate the movie. So, do you want me to go first? Considering I'm, I'm probably going to be a bit more mean than you. Yeah, go on. Um, I mean, this is the second time I've seen this film. I don't think I would have watched it again if not for this show, based on my previous sort of thoughts of it. I find it very, like, it, I described it before as being a bit basic, bitch. It's very basic in terms of the way. It feels like a film made by someone inspired by the movies of James Wan and Lee Wanell slash Wanell. Um, copying like a lot of things that kind of make those films popular. I don't necessarily want to say good because it hits a few certain beats that makes it popular. It seems to just draw from various things and it doesn't. It never really feels like it's got its own personality. It's called Dead Silence. They could have really focused on the fact that you need to be silent around this ghost. It kind of just felt like it was just an added bit all of these moving parts seem to like it doesn't really lock into a a, a a single one theme. Um and yeah, I just find it a bit and again the scares, I find them very, very telegraphed. Um and you know, Mary Shaw looks pretty scary as a ghost and as you know, it's effective. Didn't really need the venom tongue uh to be scary. 
didn't even need to be a ghost really to be scary. This could have easily been like a scary old lady murderer, you know? Yeah, um, he's got like he's got all sorts of plans. And in terms of a ghost story, like the character usually does have to be like a tragic character who's been um, treated badly for us to kind of understand why she's doing what she's doing. But she was a murderer. So that way, kid did start bit... it, though. Rude. Yeah. Rude kid. Bloody rude kid. I've got to go for a D minus for this because I honestly, based on watching it twice, I just find it kind of boring. I find myself sort of drifting in and out of like, not consciousness, but drifting in and out of like actually paying attention because I don't think it's even particularly like, yeah, the performances aren't great. The effects are a bit wonky. Um, and I think, yeah, just in terms of a, in terms of a concept, kind of interested in places, but I feel like the concept needs to be more focused. If I like the concept was kind of loose, ventriloquist, ghost, kid murderer turning people into dolls that stuff's all kind of there but it never really comes in to make a succinct yeah. scary movie so yeah d minus for me on on a uh, dead silence unfortunately i can i can see where you, i can see where you're going i also agree with everything you've said that it is a little bit disparate a little bit all over the place with the things you could possibly have even got away with having one less thing that she did yeah like one less thing that she did and then lean into some of them a bit more, like get more of her doing impersonations of people to trick them into giving away mm. clues mm. or, you know, just give someone else a bit more to do. Like, I, I think there would have been a good film to to make here. Like, especially as we're seeing um, um, the filmmakers, not, not one, I'll, um James Wan. James Wan. Lost him, obviously very tired. Uh, James Wan, like, you know, leaning into doing... Um, like Jalo films, I would have liked like a Jalo film with a killer. Didn't need to be a yeah. ghost for me. Like you know, they yeah. are triggered when someone actually screams, and they're desperate to try and scare them so they can scream. Being a ventriloquist to really put some red herrings. Give me, give me a little bit more of a mystery in this. Give me a little bit more of a some more characters that they meet in the town and who done it. Is it the mortuary assistant? Is it the um? Is it the seemingly yeah. senile wife is it like the dad or the stepmom give me those things and make those twists really hit and i think you've got possibly a more exciting film by taking the ghost angle out of it but marking it for what it is and what it isn't there's some fun to be had i like the boogeyman i'm gonna go ever so slightly higher than you and sit this at a flat d um, you know, for those, you know, a little bit of a lighter touch in some places be um would be good to pick up. But also there's a lot of um, you know, you see a lot of filmmaking technique and a lot of passion for the genre, which I know has taken James Wan and Lee went a long oh, yeah. way. I and mean... I think there's a lot of stuff to enjoy, but not quite coming together for me in this example of it, which you could excuse yeah. more if it was their earlier work, but remember reminding them that it is. It is post saw. These guys are accomplished filmmakers by this point. Yeah, yeah, I think I think I agree with that. Like, it feels like in terms of modern horror movies, uh, when I say modern, I mean like sort of from two thousand and five onwards. The sort of genre of of mainstream horror movie that I never really gelled with was this sort of film. Um, so yeah, and he, and even now when I see films that are kind of like inspired by this sort of stuff, even now it doesn't always quite sit right with me. So I think it's got to be really done well for it to for it to be something that I enjoy. So I'm not surprised that this this didn't quite hit the mark with me. Uh, okay. 
there we go then that is dead silence um next week we're jumping into december as tales from the hood is going to be our first episode of december um yeah and then obviously as we mentioned earlier in the show we've got some other um episodes coming up for, we'll get the order for round down. off the year we'll get the order locked down so early december we'll put it on the socials what's going to be so thanks uh everybody for listening if you enjoyed the show become a patron over at patreon.com forward slash horror hangout thanks to our current patrons um thanks to taj easton for our theme music thanks to Acast for hosting the show please consider giving us a rating or review and we're on twitter instagram facebook tiktok youtube and discord all over the bloody place all over the place got our nasty old finger not nasty fingers nice fingers in <laughs> nice pies um and of course thank you andy for joining me and being a right horror dude it would have been weird if it's just me on my own yeah, it would be. Thanks to it you, never ben, is. for being a right horror dude and everyone else who's a right horror dude out there. But you know what, Ben, before we go, got this episode reminded me of. Go on. Old poem that uh, I used to listen to <laughs> growing up. Oh, um, yeah? Growing up in Tamworth? Yeah, growing up in Tamworth. Um, and it said, Beware the gaze <laughs> of Ben Errington. A um, memorable, a memorable poem, then. Yeah, he did. He did have a kid, actually, but he also did a podcast. Doesn't have to it's rhyme, true. apparently. Poems, it's completely optional these days. There, there was... <laughs> there was a guy called Andy Conduit Cerner. It's an incredibly Scotland. long name, hard to rhyme anything with. He lived in Scotland. Uh, he had a couple of dogs. That's it. That's all <laughs> you need. That's a poem. Oh, that actually worked. If my, if my name was Mary Shaw... And I had no children, only dogs. <laughs> <laughs> only dogs. <laughs> there we go. Uh, well, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Take care now. Um, don't scream, only yeah, shout. For goodness sake, right? If you do see Mary Shaw in your dreams, don't go screaming, all right? Because that's how she gets you. She'll slurp your tongue right out your head. She'll slip your tongue right out. Very nasty. Right, see you later. See you later, boy. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hey guys, welcome to Giggly Squad, a place where we make fun of everything, but most importantly, ourselves. I'm Paige DeSorbo. I'm Hannah Burner. Welcome to the squad. Giggly Squad started on Summer House when we were giggling during an inappropriate time. But of course, we can't be managed. So we decided to start this podcast to continue giggling. We will make fun of pop culture news. We're watching fashion trends, pep talks where we give advice, mental health moments, and games and guests. Listen to Giggly Squad on Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. <laughs> <laughs>